All right. Here we are back again for another Thursday night, which means another podcasting night. Uh, I am your host, Patrick, with me, uh, the one and only Danny Danger. Uh, Eric uh, should be on his way. And, well, will Tamika join us this uh, this week? Uh, we will see if uh, the queen graces us with her presence as she is out there fighting the, the good fight against the COVID virus, uh, fighting for the rights of every man. But Danny, Eric, how are you guys doing today? You know, another week uh, into this COVID quarantine and another week slightly more stir-crazy. Um, you know, I guess thankful wrestling is here and my stacks and stacks of DVDs that I can kind of go through here to keep me company in amidst the, uh, the, the crippling isolation. I mean, that's a, that's a bit excessive, but it, it is, uh, it is a bit much and it is kind of feel a bit much sometimes more than others. That was, but we're uh, here. I'm great. <laughs> Plain and simple. I'm great. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine, yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll just, hear you. Just... I'm good. So, Patrick, just expect you to say more. Yeah, so uh, no. no, not necessarily. Uh, but so here we are. Uh, we got some good stuff to talk about. Um, you know, I going into money in, in the bank, there was so much that just felt like okay that – other than the Money in the Bank matches, I didn't think it was going to be very excited, to be honest. But I guess say, and we'll get into this later, but, you know, it, it was a lot better than I did expect overall, uh, especially uh, the main event itself. But, yes, we're going to hold off. I just I just wanted to kind of uh, start off with that thought. Now, uh, as, as far as, you know, how we are doing, right? It, it's still a crazy time, but, man, uh, I love the fact that we still, you know, like you, Danny, said, uh, we still have wrestling in some shape or form, maybe DVDs or for people, old people like me, VHS, um, or, you know, the you know for the more modern fan, uh, the WWE Network, the New Japan World, uh, and the many few other... Uh, VOD services uh, out there that can show you old school and current uh, professional wrestling, well, as current as I think February. Because I think what was the la the last live wrestling show in February? I can't exactly pinpoint which one may have been, but I think it would have happened in uh, in in the in the February. Because I don't think nothing would have happened in March. Everything had canceled in March. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean. As far as the smaller stuff, yeah, you know, I mean, didn't wasn't one or two of the Monday Night Raws live, and I think wasn't Dynamite this week. Was that live or was that just new this week? And it wasn't pre-taped. I can't remember. Uh, I think it was live. Yeah, I, I, that I couldn't remember. I think I I, I I knew they were going back to live episodes. 
But I don't yeah. remember exactly when. Okay. So hmm. re- recently, though, within the last few weeks. So there is some live new wrestling happening, but, you know, it's it's very, very few and very, 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 very far between. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like, according to uh, a good old friend, the Google, Dynamite started uh, live episodes last week. Okay. So there is live wrestling, albeit still in front of a crowd made up mostly of extras, uh, including uh, local talent wrestlers and various, you know, shenanigan makers on the outside. So they're still doing kind of empty arena feel, uh, you know, with 20, 30 people in attendance, I guess, on the Dynamite side. I don't know. I mean, that that sounds like... uh... You know, that, like a exaggeration, maybe more like 10, 15. 10, okay. But okay. I guess if you ask me, man, there were like 300 people in attendance. Yeah, yeah, no, there were there were 270,000 people there. Um, <laughs> tickets sold out for months. Um, it was just, it was a, it was a borderline pandemic. It, it was such a hot ticket. I mean, you could, you, you, could, you couldn't find any available tickets on like the StubHub. That, that's I how, know, you couldn't find them anywhere, anywhere. Were. I mean, anywhere. I couldn't find them anywhere. I looked. It, it, it's as if they, it's as if they weren't selling any more tickets because they, they sold I mean, so it's. Many. I know. I know. It was. It was just pandemonium. They they, they sold so many tickets. In fact, that they had to refund people. Yeah. For the tickets yeah, that, that they bought. It. That was it. They they oversold. Yes. Uh, okay, so you you bring up AEW. Uh, in this, so let's go ahead. I think it's a perfect segue to uh, what we got to see. Of course, uh, Kenny Omega and uh, Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy at the intact team actually gives an inner circle. But I think the most important thing uh, that I think uh, for me was um, the main event match between El former champion uh, Chris Jericho and uh. Very good personal friend of ours and the show, uh, Pineapple Pete. Uh, al- although not successful, uh, he proved, you know, I think, in my opinion, uh, that, that he definitely belonged in that stage. Uh, wow. I was so glad and happy to see him there. Well, it's something that we've known for a long time, you know, for a lot of years that he, he can be a major player. And He's just a guy who's been grinding away, waiting to get those opportunities. And, you know, as against Chris Jericho, no matter what the stage, you know, Chris Jericho's done enough and been an international television star wrestler for, you know, the better part of 20 years. So he's, no matter where on the card the match is, no matter what place the match is, it's a big deal. And to be on the main event, you know, to be in that slot, um, against you know against Jericho is huge to look as good as he did and as good as we know he can um was also huge you know because some people can finally get that shot and then crack under the pressure but he's not that kind of dude and uh and should look great and hopefully they continue to uh to use use him as you saw kind of the the social media buzz that he was getting based on on his appearance when everybody found out he'd be fighting Jericho it was kind of Indie wrestling was was putting their backs behind behind Shug, you know. So many people that he's helped along the way, and and that he still continues to kind of help with 
with just advice and an ear when people need it. You know, he, um, you know, he calls himself uncle Shuggy. He's got so many wrestling kids, you know, that he looks over and kind of advises and mentors and doing his best to give back to the scene. So the whole scene was behind him pushing, hoping he'd get the big win. He didn't get the big win, unfortunately, but he looked great. Yeah. I was definitely excited to see him on a main stage. Uh, Shug's been somebody that I've actually followed since his days in Chikara. So actually seeing him get a shot on uh, a major show is absolutely phenomenal. I'm super happy for him. Now, I think props also deserve to go to Chris Jericho as well. Um, I was reading something uh, where it said about it kind of likened Chris Jericho's run in AEW to Terry Funk's run in ECW. When Terry Funk came into ECW, all he wanted to do was put everybody over, make everybody else look great, help rise up that next generation of stars to fill once he finally had to step away. And Chris Jericho's doing some of that. You know, He's had these matches with people up and down the card. I mean, as far as I know of, Suge still doesn't really have a contract with, with AEW. He's still just like a pay-per-play kind of player. And for Jericho to give him that opportunity and make him, you know, and and for them to push up Suge as though he was, you know, yes, a top contender for the championship and all this, I think that's a huge thing for Jericho. And he's done that with so many talents, you know, up and down the roster, you know, not only like aligning himself with some young, hungry talents, but also going against young, hungry talents. I think Jericho's doing everything he can to try to ensure that the the generation that follows behind him is, is adequately prepared to carry the burden of professional wrestling. It's a good way to look at it. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, for us who have uh, be, has seen the rise of uh, should be uh, definitely very well deserved. Uh, and, you know, he definitely earned uh, what shots he's getting. And yeah, Kudos to Jericho, you know, I mean, what what may have been a consensual, like, quick little, uh, maybe, I'm not trying to diminish it, but just, uh, you know, an appearance, but should be, um, may, you know, and a match, you know, el- you know, was it just became so much more. And, you know, they say it takes two to tango. And also, you know, Jericho, of course, being uh, who he is and the stature he has, you know, he definitely has a say in, in what happens in his stories and the fact that, you know, he's, you know, willing to uh, allow this to continue to go on and, and helping it grow uh, definitely says a lot uh, because they could have just let it be what it was and moved on from there. And yeah, most people absolutely. would probably have not cared. But instead, they made it a thing to where, uh, you know, you see pineapple t-shirts. Hey, look, even Jericho wearing that pineapple Pete t-shirt, you know, and yeah. I think that's because, you know, while Shugdi may be unknown to the huge masses uh, of, of fans that do not watch indie wrestling, you know, they will see Jericho. And when people see the photos of Jericho wearing that, you know, pineapple Pete t-shirt, it, it, they will say, who is that guy? I now want to see more of that guy. And so, they, you know, they, there's, they, 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 you know, there is a method to to the wrestling madness. And, 
you know, a purpose for why he wore that T-shirt. I think more than just wearing his opponent's T-shirt for mocking purposes. But hey, when people Google images of you know of, of Jericho, that 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 T-shirt will appear at some point, and you know people will learn who uh, Shugi is. So yeah, I really appreciated that. Uh, also, R.I.P. Vanguard One because I think he may be out and out. Down and out for yeah, count. Uh, yeah, and that's a, a very sad turn. And and this week's AEW Dynamite was the possible demise of Vanguard One. Um, you know, uh, a worthy member of Hardy House and uh, a loyal servant, but uh, apparently his time has come. Died in the service, as he would have wanted to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean. You you do you you do the best for uh for the master right and you know what happens happens uh, but it, it it was definitely uh sad to see um a few other notable notable things that I saw uh Lee Johnson uh, also in uh, this week's episode of uh AEW Dynamite so that was cool yeah to see him uh. Other people that we know as well, John Cruz, you know, also Serpentico. You know, we've talked, we've you know talked to on the show before. Um, you know, he was he's been used oh, yeah, the last after, few weeks as the well. Dark match, dark, on dark, dark, yeah, on AE- cool? uh, it's AEW just dark. dark. It's just AEW dark, yeah. But he's been on he's been on a few dark episodes the last uh, month or so. Hmm. I haven't really kept up with dark. I guess I need to. I just follow on the Twitter, and they post about who's fighting there. But, like, other people that we've seen, you know, like in Atlanta, Fearless Musa um, is a great young talent. He's been on AEW Dark a couple times. Dandy Jordan's been on there. Alan Angels has been on there. Um, you know, some more Georgia people representing. Um, I think Cody Vance is also a Georgia wrestler who's who's now – he's number 10 in the Dark Order. Yeah. Um, but he's a young – you know, uh, another – Young upstart out of Georgia. Um, a lot of them come coming from the One Fall Power Factory. Uh, you know, some of the top members of their class is QT Marshall um, is the head coach and, and kind of owner of the One Fall Power Factory. Um, so he's kind of helping get some of these when they need people to fill slots. He's helping some of the top of his class members get uh, get those spots. But they're all, everybody's looking good. Everybody's everybody's shining out and showing out. Um, so, you know, which is the thing to do right now, especially when there's so little wrestling on television, every opportunity can potentially be a golden ticket. You know, not to say that they're all going to get signed by AEW or WWE or anybody, but to get that kind of exposure right now is is huge, you know, because no, because everybody's sitting on their thumbs. Nobody's working. So, so many more eyes of the industry are on you and what you're doing. Um so for them exactly. to get this opportunity and for them to show out like they have been, I think is just outstanding. And it, it also shows to QT and his, his training school, the one fall power factory, um, you know, the, what they can do to what they can do for students. And not only, you know, the training that they can provide, but sometimes the opportunities that they can give you just for, you know, for showing out and showing up at the class. 
Yeah, and it definitely will uh, improve a lot of the booking rates after. Uh, I would, I would certainly think over. so. Yeah, <laughs> I certainly Especially think some of them the... might might be raising their booking rates and saying, "Hey, as yeah. seen on national television, yeah, you know, yeah. not, under, not under a generic name and getting squashed in a minute and a half, but in a competitive match against, you know, Alan Angels had competitive matches against Kenny Omega. Okay, mm-hmm. that is enormous for such a young athlete to have Kenny Omega, who's you know, arguably one of the biggest stars that AEW has and to have a match on dark where they pretty much went back and forth the entire match. It wasn't like Kenny let him get, you know, a couple punches in and then hit the one winged angel and he was done, you know, like it was a competitive match. And so, yeah, that could definitely increase the eyes that he's had upon him and, and definitely increase that booking rate, you know? (laughs) Uh, I think that now wrestling companies will understand now that the rates have gone up. And start they paying with, with cheeseburgers instead of hot dogs. Maybe. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> hamburgers to start. Cheeseburgers, you know, I mean, you got to work your way up to a cheeseburger, son. Cheeseburgers, cheeseburgers. are the main event. I was about to say yeah. cheeseburgers if you get the main event. Yeah, yeah. You get you get that you get that cheese thrown on top if if you do the main event. You know. Yeah, lettuce and uh, lettuce only if you win the match. No lettuce is if you go under. If oh, you put the it? other oh, guy yeah, over, they oh, get, even better. if you put the boss, if you put the Booker man over, you know, in your match, uh, then they, then they'll throw in a little bit of lettuce or something on there. Okay, there we yeah. go. You know, hey, my, my, I mean, that's how Sabu charges. Okay, he charges, you know, he charges one rate if he's coming. He charges another rate entirely if you, if you, you're, you're gonna job him out. So, uh, you know, you're gonna make, you're gonna make your name at some, at somebody else's expense. You know, Sabu's gonna make his extra money off of it. That's right. Well, hey, smart man. You know, that's right. Get 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 those burgers while you're at it. Uh, it. So yeah. Uh, so things are pretty much getting set up for uh, double or nothing, which is a pay per view that's actually uh, happening on pay per view. Yeah, it's live on pay per view. They use traditional pay per view methods. Um, right. Uh, and you, you. I mean, I mean, I don't want to like judge. I mean, I know that they have to make money, but you know. Asking somebody to pay fifty dollars or sixty dollars or whatever it is for one event—I don't know—is yeah. is a little much in today's day and age, especially yep. with you know with people. I don't know. Anyways, I'm sure people will order it. They're desperate for more stuff, I guess. We'll see. Yeah. But here's what it's looking like so far, uh, in no particular order. Um, Cody Rhodes. Uh, and Lance Archer uh, in the tournament final for the uh, TNT Championship and announced this week that Iron Mike Tyson uh, will be in attendance and uh, crowned the new champion. Uh, So it's going to be interesting. Iron Mike Tyson, of course, making uh, a lot of waves lately with his uh, training videos. Uh, looking fantastically uh, with his speed and his punches, uh, and he's got everybody talking. Will he make a return um, to a to the ring in the near future? Um, never say never. Well, they, I, yeah. There's probably one company that, that out there that was willing to pay whatever he wants. I hear that a company called um, Bare Knuckle Fighting has offered him a very lucrative. Uh, offer uh, to do one of their shows. 
So I don't know. I myself find it interesting, uh, but we, we shall see what happens. Uh, MJF uh, will be wrestling Jungle Boy. Uh, John Moxley will be defending the currently stolen uh, AEW World Championship against uh, Brody Lee and Darby Allen versus uh, Colt Cabana versus Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix versus Scorpio Car Scorpio Sky. I can't even speak English today. Versus more <laughs> four more wrestlers in a casino ladder match for a future. Uh, world Championship match. Uh, so I guess their version of uh, Money in the Bank ladder match, I guess, except for maybe... I mean, a I little mean, bit. There's probably not the instant cash-in opportunity. Yeah. Um, and they're not going to have to fight their way through an office building. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't know yet, right? I mean, they well, that's true. Did they announce the location yet? The cas casino. Well, they might have to fight their way through a casino. It is the casino yeah. ladder match. So or that's it. They, they got to fight or, to the casino floor. What they do it in the uh, in the uh, Jaguar Scuba Stadium where the Cavs have their offices? There you they, go. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they yeah. have their offices, but what if they do? You I know? don't. You yeah. know. First person in the end zone gets the the championship. That's it. Nyla Rose defends the uh, AEW Women's World Championship uh, against Hikaru Shida in a no DQ, no kind of match. Uh, Britt Baker, uh, Mick Foley's favorite dentist wrestler, uh, versus Chris Tatlander. And Matt Hardy at the Elite against the Inner Circle in a stadium. Stampede match. Hey, look, they can't call it a stadium match and not have it at a stadium. I'm just saying. So, is a stadium stampede match? Is that pretty much like War Games rules? One guy no. coming in for each team, and then one guy coming in, and the guy coming in. I mean, I I, I haven't I, I haven't paid attention. Know. Yeah. Mm, let's see if it says something. And it doesn't uh, even have a Wikipedia page. That's how you know it's real. Yeah, it does. I'm on the I'm on the Wikipedia page for it. For the or nothing. No, yeah, I was talking about the um the match the type the stadium stampede. Yeah, yeah. yeah let, well, let's see. Let's know. see what uh let, let let's see if uh Dave Meltzer has anything to say about this. Uh, They're calling it a stadium stampede match, and. Uh, I'm not seeing anything about it. Up a street match. Uh, it looks like it's going to be at TIAA Bank Field, uh, which is apparently a stadium, stadium. right there by Dallas. Yeah. Hey, there you go. I don't know the names of all these stadiums. Thank you, Eric. Wait, you said it's uh, going to be a TIAA? Yeah, bank. Uh-huh. That's not the Jaguar Stadium. Uh, okay. Uh, it's going to be – well, the original it, it, Double or Nothing was held at the MGM Grand. Yeah. So this one is supposed – I guess the yes, next – the third yeah. one would be at MGM Grand. So they, they are going to wrestle everything. at the TIAA Bank Field, which is uh, a stadium. Yeah. Which is a stadium so that is – probably smaller. Connected. Like arena. 
Yeah, it looks no, like it might be. Stadium. It looks like it is the Jaguars. It is the Jaguar Stadium. Yeah, yeah. It, it holds sixty-seven thousand okay. people, and it, it is ad, ad, adjacent to Dally's place, which is where they're currently uh, uh, holding the Dynamite episodes. Um, and if anybody's yeah. concerned about the about COVID nineteen, TIAA Bankfield is also a COVID nineteen testing center. So hey. Might get these guys tested before they go to the field. Uh, yeah, that's true. Maybe the uh, first team to get full test results uh, is wins the winner. The match. That's, how, yeah. that's how you win the spring stampede. All yeah. the first time you got to get the test and pass. That's the key. Okay. If if right. you turn up for COVID, I'm sorry, Jake Hager, you're eliminated, and your team can't. Your team has to. Exactly. You got to go sit and wait it out until you can get a clean test. It's it's like in. Uh, like an elimination match. You, if you're mm-hmm. you're eliminated, if you are, uh, if you get the COVID, uh, yeah. yeah. If you if you are if you test positive, uh, positive. Um, of course, we have no clue. Uh, we are completely no. clueless about this. Uh, no. And so, if anybody knows, please tell us at FW Radio on the Twitter machine um, what this is, because yeah, we we have no clue. Uh, I only watch AEW uh, for Kenny Omega and Pineapple Pete. Um, and that's about it. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, there will nothing. May twenty third. That's uh, a week from Saturday. If my calendar, uh, <laughs> yes, one week from this Saturday. One week from this Saturday. Live on pay per view. Pay per view, not not yeah. a streaming service, but an actual pay per view provider. You well, have to contact. I think it may also be available on the fight uh, streaming service, but that's also uh, iPay-per-view. So that's sort of pay-per-view thing. too, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, check your local listings. Call your uh, t- your cable provider. Uh, yeah. I think that's what they used to say back in the 90s. Cable right? and satellite yeah. provider. Check your local <laughs> yeah. listings for time and channel. Yeah, there might be a phone number that you have to dial to call in. Yeah. Yeah, you got to call the phone um, number and wait on hold for three hours. But you can only call a half an hour before the event starts. And then you're on hold for an hour before you tell them you want the event. And then they get it to you started. And it's already started partway into it. Um, I've I've had that experience many times, if you could tell. Um, even even during the days of the TNA Asylum, because we didn't have the, uh, the on-demand cables or whatever in my subdivision. So during the TNA d- Asylum days, I would have to call in every week. And sit there on hold, but you could only call in 30 minutes before the event actually started. And then by the time you get through to somebody, it's 45 minutes into the event and they start it. And you're like, well, do I get like a replay for free too? No, that's not how this works. What do you mean this not how this works? I'm paying <laughs> and I'm only getting a, I'm only getting like two thirds of the event. That's well, this is just, I'm sorry. This is, what it, this is how it is. You're paying for eight to ten. It's not our fault you stood on hold for 45 minutes. Well, yes, it is. It's on fault. <laughs> Yeah, so arguments with cable providers that didn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, and they still might not, but hey. Uh, Probably you not. still order. So if you learn yeah. anything from uh, Danny Danger in the 90s, uh, call ahead. So it's 2002. This was the, the TNA Asylum days, okay? Danny never let us get away a good story. Please. Let's not, let's TNA. Yeah, all right. Like people watch TNA enough to know that they started after the WWE closed down. 
Mm, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you can tell people that hey, no, you can tell people TNA has been, you know, alive since the seventies. Nobody would know any yeah. better. That's why they had the NWA champion. There you go. Harley Race was the first NWA champion of the TNA era, and you just never knew it. Yep, so exactly. Yeah. So okay, uh, yeah. So that's double or nothing. Uh, one week from Saturday. Uh, don't miss it. Uh, I may I mean, watch some of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it. Free country, right? Free country. I don't know why that just popped me so hard, but it popped me really hard. <laughs> because probably you guys are not going to watch it. I'm not, oh, but I'm also exhausted, so I think that's why yeah. that was so funny. Uh. How so, many coffees did you drink to get through the show? None. I'm just chilling on my couch trying to get up to get something to drink. Oh, this is going to be great. I know, mm-hmm. right? When he falls right, and drops so, his phone and all this stuff, yeah. Uh, money in the bank. Let's go ahead. Money in the bank, money. 2020. Money. Right. This, past, yeah. this past Sunday, it certainly was an event. Yeah. A week, a week, a week past this Sunday. Yes. Yes. A week uh, before this Sunday, yes. Money in the bank. Uh, live. Uh, well, not, not live, actually. It was all pre-recorded. Uh, yeah, but, it was like three weeks, uh, three weeks ago. Yeah. It, it, you know, it was... Uh, all of it was done at, when I believe, the, um, the Performance Center uh, in or, uh, Orlando, Florida, except for the main event, which was uh, done from... Uh, the headquarters uh, in Stanford, Connecticut. So uh, a, a different change in C. Uh, I hadn't seen them interact with the uh, with the headquarters since uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, became the CEO of WWE back in 1999. So oh, wow. it, it was nice to see so, the upgrades. Uh, yeah, on, oh, yeah. On the on the building. Well, you know, they had to eventually upgrade, I guess. I mean, uh, you know, put in Wi-Fi and stuff. You know? Yeah. Uh, hey, he has a gym. I don't know if he had a gym 20 years ago. That's true. You know, it looked like a nice swole. looking He's got to stay swole. Yeah. It did because they had their training montages when um, Vince was going to enter the Rumble. I think Didn't they have them there? Or is that just me being confused? I don't know. Could have been uh, any gym in the world for, yeah. for all we know. Touche. So here we are, Money in the Bank. It, it was uh, the main card was only uh, seven matches long. Uh, and two they of those pretty were much unadvertised. Yeah, two of those matches were unadvertised. Yeah. All right. So we start with the Fatal Four Way Tag Team Match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, the New Day retained versus the Forgotten Sons, Miss and. Morrison and the Lucha House Party. Uh, Greg Metalik, you can definitely tell that he uh, he's missed uh, a uh, you know the barbershop being opened as he's uh, allowed his head to go uh, very long. Yeah, well, he had a, he always had a little bit hanging out the back, but yeah, it's uh, definitely a lot more. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was a decent match. You know, it was. You know, 
a good way to start off any pay-per-view is usually a whole lot of guys fighting at one time. Um, you know, the New Day won, kind of like I think most of us thought they were going to, because um, it's pretty much the New Day's tag division, and whenever they want the belts, they have the belts. And, you know, so they, they apparently want to keep the belts for a little while longer. Yeah, I enjoyed the match. It was a it was a good tag team match. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's New Day's division. We know that. I think I said last week that um, if it's not New Day, yeah, let's try that again. If it's not the New Day, it's the Usos. And yeah, and the Usos, the Usos are, down, are on so. the shelf. So yeah, <laughs> it's well, the New Day. See, this is why you have three members instead of two. If you ever lose one of them to injury, you know, just subbing the other there one. There you go. The other two can still be tag champs. Just yeah. like the New Day. Yeah. It's a great formula. I think, you know, and he comes to mind, uh, could the New Day end up becoming considered the new, the greatest uh, tag team in the in this WWE in this current era uh, in, I mean, I- in the century? I would think so because they're going to stay together. Obviously, they're staying together as a unit. You know, they'll keep winning championships. And although the the combination interchanges sometimes throughout the reign, the combination changes throughout defenses. It's still considered the new day as tag champs. And yeah. so I think you know over time they're going to be the most winning tag team in WWE history. Um, you know, they already beat that by beating at one point by be- beating uh, the length of the reign by beating Demolition's long reign or whatever from the 80s. So they already hold the longest reign in the modern era, um, you know, as they like to call sometimes. But um, they, uh, I, would, I would think that, you know, they probably will be considered the greatest tag team group, you know, trio, duo of the, of the, 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 the new millennium. Yeah. They've definitely been my favorite tag team over the last five or six years. Has it been that long since they've been together? Six years. They started in 2014. Mm. And it's so crazy because um, the the two people that I used to go to shows with, we were like the only people in 2014 cheering for the New Day at the shows because... Because they were still like heels. Yeah, they were like heels. But like we... We all loved Big E, we all loved Kofi, and we all loved Xavier, so we couldn't boo them. So, like, yeah. when they were doing the whole New Day uh, Rocks thing, I, like, ironically, and the whole crowd was doing sucks, we were chanting New Day Rocks, and then it was just weird to see the slow progression to everybody realizing how great they actually are together. And it was just, it was good to be ahead of the curve once in my life. Yeah, I think, I mean, think about it. They are eight-time tag team champions if you combine both Raw and SmackDown. Uh, so it, it, it is kind of crazy that, you know, and, of course, Kingston uh, being a former WWE uh, champion, Big E being a former NXT champion. and Intercontinental champion. Uh, yeah, Big E also know, Intercontinental, too. Xavier, yeah. Yeah, Xavier Woods being a... Uh, well, you know, the TNA tag team champion. Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. There you go. Truth or consequences? Truth or consequences? He basically lost the belt. That's all he did. That's all yep. he did. He took the pin so Pac Man couldn't, because, yeah, 
And so you didn't want Truth getting pinned, and Pac-Man couldn't wrestle. Exactly. So yeah, so that that was a a good match, and it's it's gonna be interesting to uh, to see, uh, you know, how far more be because these guys have plenty of years left. Uh, We're gonna see them for a long while. I mean, you think about it, right? Wrestlers are now going to the forties, fifties. So yeah, the, these guys could probably go a whole long time. And Big E's uh, long, uh, you know, very good vocals are gonna last him a while. He's got uh, that voice is as long as he's good for it, you know, it's uh, yeah, they got many years to come. All right, up next uh, we got Bobby Lashley versus R Truth. Uh, for well, originally it was gonna be uh, MVP uh, versus R Truth. And well, uh, we you know I mean even though our truth still thinks that he wrestled MVP, uh, he actually got beat uh, beat down by uh, Bobby Lashley here. But our truth I think was perfect in this scenario because playing to the crowd when there was none uh, was great and uh, all that back and forth and uh, you know thinking that he's still twenty four seven champion. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, the whole thing with our truth, uh, real funny in this scenario. But yeah, quick, quick match to get Lashley over here. So when do we get the twenty four seven champion back in a WWE arena uh, defending that belt? That's what I want to know. He's a little somebody's going to have to track him down to you know wherever he is, like at a training camp, and just pin him. Like he's he's at he's at a weight machine stretching, and somebody's going to have to just like. Sit on him and pin him, get the belt back into WWE's hands. Yeah. Well, I think they might wait till he starts, uh, uh, you know, playing football again, so they can at least claim that you know that he's the twenty four seven champion. While people are, are looking at him in the NFL, I, I can, don't I know if the him... NFL is going to actually talk about that a lot. I'm just going to go. No, nah, not him, but hey, they he probably got bigger things to talk about. He doesn't have to talk about it. They just well, probably want him to walk around with the belt. Well, Tampa's an NFC team, and they're going to be playing on Fox. So Fox will probably pump that up a little bit just because... Put it over because the WWE connection. Fox would, yeah, yeah with, with SmackDown. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, but... So this is just really a way to give the 24-7 championship a rest for a while. Yeah. Um, while there's not as many wrestlers in there for COVID, and you don't want to have a bunch of guys diving in, and, you know sitting around backstage waiting for a segment of the 24-7 and that's all they get, you know. They're already at a, a kind of depleted uh, depleted group right now with, with so many people sitting at home and, you know, only being open to people that are really, essential. I guess, local, kind of essential, you know, people who have volunteered to say, yeah, I want to stay. Um so maybe that's it too. That they're just that's just this is also a way. Yes, it's to get publicity to WWE. Yes, it's all this, et cetera, et cetera. But is it also just a way to uh to kind of get the belt away from from everybody? It's possible. I think that, that wouldn't be a, a stretch of the imagination to assume so. Um because really you're not gonna have it defended in one on one matches very often, so like why yeah. would you? But, 
it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense to have it uh, featured prominently because you can't have a hundred people going after it right now because of the way the world is right now. Yeah. And let's be honest, does anybody miss the 24-7 championship? I mean, I actually forgot do. about it. I actually do. Truth is hilarious with that thing. Yeah, sure, but I have forgotten about it. The 24-7-7-11. Oh, God. I-80 or I-95 South European Television Champion. That's what it's something kind of like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, so so that was a match uh, that we gave a lot more time than we, I thought we would. Uh, Bailey in the defeated, actual match, yeah. yeah. Bailey defeated Tamina in a match. I was happy it was over. Uh, <laughs> Ten minutes too long, but alas, we we got it. Bailey retained us. Uh, we all expect him to. Hearts yeah, too. Well, yeah. yeah, she did. And like you said, the match seemed to go a little bit longer than it probably should have. Um, but you know, there weren't a whole lot of matches on the uh, on the show here, uh, so maybe you had to stretch a couple out a little bit. Um, and you know, you didn't have your uh, Raw Women's Championship defended, so maybe that's also why they gave the SmackDown Women's Championship a little bit more time. Um, you know, it's just. A little bit more, I guess. Yeah. I told the person that I watched Money in the Bank with that if Tamina won, I would never watch wrestling again. You don't mean that. Had Tamina won, I would have never watched wrestling again. Never watched yeah. professional wrestling. Never watched any you. professional wrestling again. No, nope. I don't believe that. I would have quit. I would have just I watched would, I, old I football have watched until next week. Yeah, whatever. Get out of town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have I, left I the territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't buy that. Yeah, no, I You'd don't say that. But I don't buy it. it. Yeah, it's kayfabe, brother. Kayfabe. <laughs> so really, okay, Tamina w- winning would have made no sense, and we talked about that in length. Yes, her her getting the championship opportunity still made no sense. No, well, did she get an opportunity? She was just given an opportunity, right? Regardless, you however she earned it or got it or was handed it. That's pretty much how you get and you don't earn opportunities for championships these days. Very that's the very seldom thing, okay? That's why you had to make a pay-per-view where the whole option is earning a shot at the championship. That was the main event because most of the time you just kind of get handed to them because you piss off the champion. Yeah. You make the champion mad, they challenge you basically. Mm. Well, uh, okay, so next up, Bo Strowman defense is Universal Championship against Bray Wyatt. Uh, we don't get the Fiend here. Uh, we do get one of his puppets uh, eventually making an appearance. Uh, it, it looks like Bray uh, won over uh, Braun Strowman there for a minute. Uh, and, you know, we saw Braun uh, wear that uh, mask that he used to wear back when he was part of uh, uh, Bray's uh, stable, who, which name I, I, I currently don't remember right now. The, if, if the even Wyatt family. The Wyatt, hey, the Wyatt family, you dingus. How do you forget I, that I'm name? You, look, I wish I had forgotten everything about Wyatt, okay? I try to forget uh, that every single oh day my of my God. life. Uh, look, it's, it's Bray Wyatt, okay? 
let's just do we not do we not forget that the wrong um the wrong member of his family got got fired i've already said this all right uh, we we need taxman back let, let bray go away uh but yeah so but it was it was a fine match um not nothing too long and they kept it short and sweet uh the shenanigans to minimum and to the surprise of no one, I don't think. Uh, yeah, Bray Wyatt uh, not uh, regaining the championship uh, that he lost uh, to uh, Goldberg uh, earlier this year, but instead uh, Braun retaining. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what's next uh, for uh, the Universal Champion. The Fiend. The Fiend is next. Yeah, well, probably because, you know, life hates me. Or because you just don't appreciate a good wrestler. <laughs> we'll talk about Sting later. The Sting sucks. Anyway, uh, disappointed in the outcome Sting, of the match. You didn't say Sting sucked. You didn't say, you just saying that because you're mad. You don't think Sting <laughs> sucks. I don't think Sting sucks. Um Disappointing match. Thought Bray would finally get his title back, but he didn't. So sad day. Um, it it was what it was. It wasn't a barn burner of a match by any means, but they did what they were supposed to do. I guess. <laughs> I I just think that it's three or four years too late on Braun. So I don't really understand why we're doing this. Because there's no one to watch it happen. There you go. Mm. Touche. You know, I mean, there's no cross. They're just using anybody who's local. Just like AEW does. But AEW didn't throw their title on. Uh, who's even on their roster? Um, that shows you how much I watch it. Well, let's see. Moxley has a title that's currently stolen by Brody Lee, and they're creating a championship that... Most likely, he's going to Cody. I hope Cody doesn't win his own title. That wouldn't make sense. But anyway, why, it was just why wouldn't it make sense to win your own title in your own company? That's a, that makes perfect sense. That's how it's done everywhere. Okay, that's, that's indie crap. We don't. Vince McMahon gonna... was the WWE champion. Okay, Vince McMahon was the ECW champion. Okay. Yeah, but then he lost just, it just to spite storyline purposes. Like, yeah, and Cody would lose it eventually too to somebody. He's not going to hold the championship forever. Ever, ever. But yeah. So, alright. Uh, for, for the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre defeats uh, the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Uh, and I thought this, uh, this was a fun match. I think... Uh, you know, of all the matches, uh, the non-money in the bank matches, I think I would say this is my favorite one. And it was two guys, uh, top-tier guys, going at it. And I think, you know, yeah, maybe in a bigger station would have been fun to watch, but I think they did uh, they did a, a great job in the situation they were in. And, uh, yeah, Rollins is playing a good role as the big – Heel to uh, a you know, great first contender against uh, a challenger 
uh, for McIntyre here. Uh, I, I really did enjoy the match. Uh, and no surprise uh, that, of course, McIntyre retained. I expect him to have a long reign. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, the match was okay. I'm still not a huge Seth Rollins fan. I still just don't. I find myself having difficulty emotionally connecting in his matches and still getting creeped out by these no arena shows. That still just irritates me. So, um, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, the match was okay. But yeah, I hope Drew can t- keeps it and continues to dominate the division for quite some time. Yeah, I enjoyed the match. Um, they're two of my top guys right now on the roster, so they put on a pretty good match. Um, it kind of it kind of confused me a little bit for uh, Seth to shake his hand at the end there, but I thought we might get some kind of explanation about it Monday, but. They, they didn't really go into it. Um, but, yeah, it was a good hard-fought match, and to nobody's surprise, uh, Drew won, as he should have. Um, yeah, it was it was a pretty good match. It was definitely the best match that wasn't a Money in the Bank match. And, yeah, and I, the other thing I wanted to say, um, before we move on to uh, uh, the main event, it's a, a plural events. I guess it's two events in one. Two for the price of one. Yeah, we'll think, but uh, let me get the sponsorship out of the way here. I want to spo- uh, thank our sponsor of uh, this water I'm drinking uh, by my nice uh, refrigerator uh, brought to you by Whirlpool and the uh, Cherokee County Water System in here in Georgia for bringing this water I'm drinking. Uh, to my enjoyable pleasure. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I was enjoying some good water, all right? <laughs> that works. <laughs> we'll, we'll take anyone and everyone. Uh, so uh, we'll, say, we'll, we'll not say no to almost anyone, I think. All right, uh, so here we are. Money in the bank. Um we start with the introductions for the women. Did you guys find it funny that only the women got introductions and none of the men did? Mm. They got they introduced. No, they, they, they get, just didn't get the full, like, they didn't get yeah. the, like, yeah, the screen style introductions. They just kind of yeah. said them as they went, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They, they played their music. Yeah, they, yeah, but, but, you know, you had, I think, Michael Cole, you know, naming all the, Women wrestlers, but she he didn't name any of the matters. I think they, he probably just forgot. They probably just forgot. Just That's all right. Nobody, nobody cared. People no, knew who they but, were. Uh, but you the have women, the network, you know who most of them are. Yeah, okay. the women started at the lobby entrance uh, of the uh, of Titan Towers, and the man began uh, in in the gym, I guess, in the corporate gym uh, at Titan Towers. Um, and uh, out of the gate, we get uh, Oscar jumping from the second floor, I guess you would call it, yeah. uh, onto, yeah. onto the Down other the lobby. contestants. Yeah. Man, that, that was great. I think from the get go, you start with that. I was like, all right, I think you can kind of see where this is heading because 
Oscar here was probably, I will say she was uh, my all-star. And even without the final result, she, she was definitely the MVP of this uh, of the whole two matches for me. Uh, but yeah, that, that was really fun. So Oscar uh, in the end, uh, defeating Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler to win uh, the women's uh, money in the in the ladder uh, money in the bank ladder match, but, but it, it was really fun. Uh, how she, you know, how not you know how she just out there just having lots of fun, and uh, it, it felt like the Oscar we we know and love. Uh, but yeah, it, it was funny when. Uh, when they, they were in the in the uh, money in the bank uh, conference room, uh, hmm. and they thought that that was the real briefcase. Apparently, they didn't realize they were supposed to go all the way to the roof. Uh, and um, that was, I believe, Carmella, right? The Toshi one. No, that was Dana. Dana? Okay. I, I, I can't. If I was Dana, I would have just took that briefcase full of money and called it a day. You know? Yeah. So so we get that, and then we get well, so at, the, at the end, uh, we get that interaction between um, uh, who would you call it? Uh, Baron Corbin. Why the heck is Baron Corbin stopping Asuka from grabbing her, her briefcase? It's like, that Did was... you see later Sh- Shayna Baszler was choking out Rey Mysterio? Well, everybody choked out Rey, hurt Rey Mysterio one way or another. And then Otis and Nia crushed him. Yeah. Yeah. For, they did for the same a couple days for Rey. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, it was him and Alistair. Yes, they got thrown off the top of the Titan Tower roof. Alice, yeah, and then we real and then we realized that it was really just like a crash pad on the other side of the wall. Pretty much. Um, because they apparently I didn't realize it at the time, but somebody else showed a picture when they did like the sky view of the whole arena first off. You can see the crash pad section right there. Yeah. Um you know. Yeah. I, as for the it man looked, it it looked cool when they got thrown. Everybody was like, Oh what? What? Where are they going? And yeah, the fact that nobody like, even mentioned it while it happened yeah. was just kind of like, okay, so uh, we're just it's... cool with murder now? Well, everybody was mesmerized. We knew they were going to do some type of gimmick like this, right? I mean, because we, cause, yeah. you know, we kind of talk back about the uh, Hogan giant uh, monster truck thing on the roof and with giant's truck falling down. So we figured they were going to do some type of gimmick here. Um with the roof, uh, but yeah, as far as far as the man, uh, some highlights. Uh, the uh, of course, uh, brother love uh, showing up there after using the uh, the, the man's restroom. Uh, you know, telling Rey Mysterio how I love you. Rey Mysterio, of course, love you back. But I gotta go. Uh, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan breaking into uh, Vince's office. Um, Why he was still there working so late at night, Lord knows. Well, He's he was removed of his duties as as active CEO. We get it; you're still chairman of the board, but go home, man. Never, home. the man never goes. He's got he's got work to do. Uh, he he does, the man doesn't believe in vacation. 
There you go. He's got stock options to uh to apply. Mm-hmm. Of course, how, uh, figure that, out how he can spend more money for Donald Trump to keep Florida open for him. Yeah, that that dinosaur skeleton uh, on his wall. Yeah. Uh, gold. Great. Uh, and then of course, uh, Otis uh, runs into uh, 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 Papa Bella, uh, as I as I call it now. Um, Papa Bella, Johnny yeah, Ace. Okay, put some respect on that man's name. He's Johnny Ace. He's okay. he's the man. He's the man of the power of the people power. All right. He's the Johnny Ace. The okay. Power. He's Johnny Ace, the innovator of the Ace Crusher. Okay, put some respect on that man's name. <laughs> he would hit like forty of them in a match, and he still wouldn't win. Okay, like that's how you do it with your move. You hit him out of everywhere and anywhere, ten different times. Otis didn't show him any respect when he, uh, you know, patted him in the face. Um, and, of course, uh, with the man, Otis, AJ Styles, Alistair Black, Dale Bryan, King Corbin, Rey Mysterio, uh, and uh, Otis starting a food fight, ruining um, the food of... Uh, what do you call of uh, Paul Heyman, uh, who's enjoying a very nice meal there? But yeah, it, it was uh, we got food fight galore when you know, yeah, that's, that is when Otis and uh, and Naya nearly tried to kill uh, Mysterio before he was eventually off of the top of the roof. Uh, when I okay, I will say I did not watch this live. However, the result was spoiled to me on the Twitter machine, and it's my That's fault the for getting on the Twitter machine. Media. Yep, yep, yep. That's your problem. But That's your fault. Nobody I, to blame but yourself. Well, I, you know, I, I couldn't understand why the world owners won. Once I saw how he won, uh, then I, I thought it was the most hilarious thing to do. Well, it okay, like, and I'm. Although I would have appreciate, I would have preferred Daniel Bryan to win, or even AJ Styles perhaps. But the point of a match like this, and the Royal Rumble, and you know, and the Elimination Chamber, in theory, is to elevate new stars. Okay, so you push people into big positions and see if they could hang, and you know, try to give pe- new people into the upper echelon of of the the title picture. Um, so putting Otis there to win, you know, even though it was kind of, you know, whatever s- silly kind of means at the, at times, but putting him up there isn't, is trying to give new talent who's getting over an opportunity to shine. Um, you know, this whole storyline with him and, and Mandy Rose and stuff really got, got Otis over. And so this is now we're going to see how it goes. You know, I don't know if he's going to cash in and he's going to cash in successfully, I don't know if he's even gonna, you know, maybe he's one of the, maybe he's, he defends the briefcase and he loses it to somebody, you know, and that person cashes in instead, you know, maybe there's that option of it. Uh, he might trade it for some ham. Yeah. He might trade it for, for a big chunk of meat. We don't know. Um, he might trade it in for another date with Mandy or something. You know, we don't, we don't know. Uh, you know, a second opportunity at love might be his, his, his money in the bank ticket. But, uh, I, it's interesting to me to put him in there and give him that opportunity. I'm happy. Uh, 
that they're trying to elevate new talent rather than just, you know, giving it to somebody who's won a bunch over and over and over again. Yeah, and I think that's actually what I told you, um, Andrew, that, like, I, I didn't necessarily like the outcome of the match because, like you, I would have rather Daniel win it. But at the same time, like, it's refreshing that they're trying something new here with um, Otis. Like, I, I don't know what, what – I don't know what they could do with it. Like, maybe – Maybe he does cash it in, but cashes it in for a tag title match or something like that. Like, yeah, that's possible too. Something completely unprecedented. Um, yeah. I, I think Why would you waste it on that? I don't know. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I think we're all in agreement that the right person won the women's money in the bank match. I don't think yes. anybody's going to argue that Asuka didn't deserve it. Um, and, and Otis has probably judging by Twitter, has been one of the hottest acts in WWE for the past couple months. So why not try something new with him? So, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not saddened that he won it. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see where the story goes. Yeah, because it's just the beginning of a story. You can't judge an entire story by the first couple of pages. So, yeah, I... I definitely thought that the matches, uh, they came out well, these two. uh, And, yeah, while it wasn't necessarily uh, what we wanted to see, of course we knew, look, AJ Styles was not in the right frame of mind after, uh, you know, being uh, stuck in that uh, Undertaker room for a little bit, you know. That probably just freaked him out, brought him a lot of uh, PTSD and, and couldn't couldn't focus for the rest of the night, uh, I, so I don't blame him. The whole segment and, with AJ and Daniel in the uh, in Vince's office to me was the highlight of the, the match. Um, well, that was supposed to be the thing. If if you had gone back and told somebody, uh, you know, in two thousand four, two thousand ten, independent level, that there was going to be a segment on WTV with Daniel Bryan and and AJ Styles in Vince McMahon's office. They would, you would have, people would have rioted. Okay, they would have laughed, they would have booed, they would have cried, they would have rioted. Yeah, but you do it, and then it it gets the it gets kind of the interest that it was meant to. We um, so I watched it live Sunday, and then a friend of mine wanted to last night watch the Money in the Bank match with me. So we watched the Money in the Bank match, and at the time when they were fighting in Vince's office, and when he shouted out at them, and then they fixed the chairs. She popped super hard for it, and then when they when they left the the office, and he was like, "Man, you acted like such a coward in there." And then they started fighting, like it it popped her so hard, and like I don't know, it's just fun watching non wrestling fans react to wrestling, I guess. Yeah. So, what grade do you guys give the show? I gotta give it like a B. Like I, I, I get it. I, I grade these things fairly harshly. But in order to get an A level, that has to be a near perfect event. Okay, there has to be every single match has to be outstanding. They have to be put in a great order. There has to be good story fill between them. You know, uh, so I do have to give this a B just because it was okay. 
I didn't really care for the Money in the Bank matches. They were a little too silly for me. I want to, If you're going to do a Money in the Bank match, I want to see people taking crazy bumps. Okay, that's what the Money in the Bank's known for. Um, you know, these cinematic things are okay, but as far as having them for using them a lot, I think you're going to, you know, it's it's going to get old quickly. Um, and then the other matches were okay. They were nothing really blew me away out of the rest of the card. Um, so I think we got to go with, yeah, just give it a solid B. Oof. If you said you're harsh for giving it a B, what am I? Cause I'm going to give that like a C minus. It was kind of not great. Well, if you didn't like it, that's fine. I'm just saying, like I was saying it was okay. So that's why no, I gave it a B. No. Yeah, I was just saying, like, you said you were harsh for giving it a B. Like, I, well, I said overall, <laughs> people probably think I'm a little harsh because I never really grade. I always grade things lower than everybody else does usually. Eh, Touche. Uh, but, yeah, like, the only – I was interested in two things, and it was the Money in the Bank match, and it was Seth and Drew. And outside of those two matches, it was a complete forgettable pay-per-view for me. Um it, yeah, well, had, had they, eh, I don't know. Well, I give it a B plus. I thought to me this was basically a one uh, match pony, and to me the one match was so much better than what I was expecting, and uh, I really enjoyed the Money in the Bank ladder matches, and for that reason, yeah, I'm I'm sticking to that. Uh, B plus, uh, that the match delivered in every single way. So um, yeah, that to me it could have gone very good or it could go very bad, and I thought it was very good. And it, to me, it definitely made the the uh, the show. So B plus for me. Well, let's let's talk about Monday night. Uh, while somebody's sweeping something. Uh, so we opened the show with the man because the man has something to say. Um, yeah, special announcement. Uh, and the man basically uh, tells Asuka, a very super overly excited Asuka, that she won more than just a shot at the uh, women. But and then she opens a briefcase and comes to tell her that she has actually won the actual championship because Beth Mickey Lynch got Seth Rollins pregnant. So she's going to go out and uh, the man is going to have a, a baby to take care of. Uh, so, yeah. Did you, mean, did you mean to say that Becky got Seth pregnant? <laughs> yes, I did. I... Because she's the man. Is that the joke that you were yeah, trying I to thought go I thought I misheard I that. weren't sure if that was your English flubbing or an actual attempt at humor. No, no, so I just no, wanted it to was, clarify. It, 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 it was a terrible joke on purpose. Okay. Uh, okay. So, yes. So, the man will now become the mom. The t-shirt's already out there the, on There's WWE also shop. the mom. And then there's the ma. Because in the UK, they kind of use the term mum or ma. So they just took off the end for the UK version of the shirt. So you just say the ma. Yeah. Hey, do it however many ways. Get that right? money already. Get that money. Look, you you gotta you gotta you gotta pay for that kid's college at some point, right? There you uh, go. So might as well start now. 
But yeah, Becky Lynch um, and Seth Rollins uh, are, are now expecting a, a child, uh, and so she's got to go uh, go home and uh, take care of herself uh, because you know we've seen what happens when uh, you're an active wrestler and, and have a baby live on TV. Uh, it doesn't always uh, go very Gene, well. Gene, Gene Snitsky w- is not on the roster, so the baby might be safe. It wasn't well, his fault. Well, you know, <laughs> we want her to take care of herself. We want her to give birth to more than just a hand. We want her to that's, give uh, well, that, birth to more a yeah, whole baby, true, all right? That's so, true. yeah. So, congratulations to them. And, you know, Becky Lynch is uh, you know, out for... Uh, at least nine plus months. So yes, well, she has well, this baby. Here, here comes the big, the big sad question to deal with now. Though, is this the end of Becky's career? Oh no! Whenever way. a woman, whenever a woman athlete has a baby, there's always the opportunity that the woman will not return to athletic competition. Um, she is 33 years old, so she's on the older side for women's wrestlers in the WWE. If she takes, say she takes the nine months, you know, because she's probably three or four months pregnant already. That's how she could have a confirmed, you know, uh, a confirmed pregnancy notice, you know, diagnosis, I guess, if you want to use the improper term. Um, But so say she takes six months, say she's, you know, six months, she has the baby in December, you know, I think is what they were speculating. That was probably be December or November. Um, And you know, then she takes another three to six months to to be with the with the baby at home. Does she then still decide to go on the road? At this point, she's thirty four years old, jumping back in. Um, her body's not going to bounce back as quickly as it as it did. You know, were she uh, younger? You know, uh, not just the pregnancy and possible weight gain, but just physically, your body changes the of, as a woman. Um, you know, once you give birth. Not to say that that has, you know, Mickey James has children, still wrestles, and she's 40 years old, and she looks fantastic doing it. Not to say that Becky can't, but whenever there's kind of that, it comes about. You never know. I mean, Beth Phoenix retired, had two kids. She has been back, but in a commentary position, and she's had a couple matches, but she hasn't returned back to a full-time on the road doing house shows, etc., um, she's essentially just doing tapings for NXT, you know, every week. And then that's pretty much it. That's all she has to do. She could be at home the rest of the week. Um, so that comes my question is now is, is this a career for Becky Lynch? Have we seen the last of the man wrestling on a regular basis? You know, you bring up a good question because the whole segment, she, she seemed more upset than then she should have just like, hey, I'm going away for a couple of months. I'll be back when all. This yeah, because she knows that maybe, maybe she won't be back. Yeah, maybe. You know? I mean, maybe, maybe the- may- her mind may not have been made up in that moment, but she understands that, like, hey, maybe I have a mom, and then I don't want to leave this kid. Like, it's hard to leave your kid and hit the road for several days a week. You know, like especially when a kid's that young, then essentially the kid's being raised by their grandparents. Because, because Seth's on the road too. Yeah, I was about to say Seth's also you know, on the road. So. It's not like one parent would be there. The kid would be getting raised by grandparents or nannies or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I, I think you I think you pose a good question. We could have seen the last of the man. Um 
which is really sad because she did fight so hard to come back from injuries to get to WWE and then always put, she was always pushed aside in NXT and then she comes up on the main roster and she was the underpushed horsewoman and then she finally gets her time in the sun and just. But I mean, I mean ultimately, a... if you want to retire, don't essentially you want to retire at the top. She exactly. is at the top of her game. She's at yeah, the top she, of the division. She 100%. held the championship until she gave it away. I'd go you know, a step so further think, and say she's not even just the top of her division. She's the top of WWE. I mean, she she's is. the top of the sport. Yeah, she's the cover yeah. of the video games. She's one of the more recognizable superstars. You know, she just finished filming with the show Billions. I don't watch the show, but apparently it's fairly popular. And she's going to be on an episode that'll be out yeah, probably she was next the, few months. She was in the premiere episode. I watched it. Okay, it's and already came not out. Not to mention, okay. like, she's one of the top merch sellers. Like, yeah, she is at the top of her game, and I the top of the industry, the division. Exactly. I don't want to say it's sad that like she had to give this up because like, giving birth is a, a fantastic thing. Uh, becoming a mother is, I'm sure, is something that she's looked forward to for a long time. But is it, that something you look forward to? No, I don't want kids ever. Um, but I guess it will be sad to see Becky Lynch, the character, gone for a while. But like, congratulations to her and Seth for becoming parents. That's that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're onto something. That this could have literally been the last time we see Becky Lynch. I mean, and, and that meme I sent you, you know, the other day where yet another wrestler is put on the shelf because of Seth Rollins being unsafe, okay? Um, <laughs> it's just a shame. Somebody needs to stop this man, you know? He's just he's just wrecking careers left and right. Drew, put hey, a stop to it. You know, you but um, it, it, whatever happens, I think that it's. I'm just utterly happy for her. I mean, you know, becoming a parent, a great thing I hope I never have to experience. Uh, but, uh, I, you know, I, for many people, this is a dream, and it's a blessing, and it's everything, you know. And, and Danger, you know, you're, you're a parent. Uh, you know, your life changes forever. And, yeah, well, yeah. You know, you know, you, you, you know, does she want to? Does she wish one day she'll be able to? She want, she will want to come back. Uh, I definitely think she wants to. Will she? Is the it's the question that only she will be able to figure out once she has the baby, once she bonds with the baby. Uh, you know, you can kind of see where Brie, for example, her. You know, she sort of left at the top of her game. You know. Uh, her and, game wasn't but, very high, though. Yeah, the, no, no, but, but look, was... look, 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 for for her, for her. <laughs> it, look, listen, be quiet. People. <laughs> the point, the point being that you know, she, you know, she, she was a very, very successful uh, in, in in her stature of course in wrestling uh, was very high. She, you know, what she had, Birdie. Uh, you know everything changed. You know, and she realized, hey, this is this is not this is what I want to do. I just want to have babies. 
uh, or maybe just one baby. You know, I, I'm not sure uh, if she really wanted the second one or not, but I don't know. I guess people can find out the true story on uh, on Total Bellas. Uh, so, so they here. have a book coming out or something? No, no. Apparently, they made yes. a big they made a big issue on the uh, on their TV show. They were like showing clips of uh, her and Brian not arguing, but kind of like discussing having a second child and maybe not being in the, on yeah. the same page about it. Uh, but, but they do have like a book coming out. But they do have a book coming out, the book that's written by the both of them. You know, I, yeah, I'm of. surprised that they knew that many words. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, somebody, they probably just talked and somebody else is writing them down. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. The whole book's uh, going to be filled with, oh my God, Nicole, Brianna. Uh, so, where was I? I was going somewhere with this. Yes, having a baby changes people and changes their perspective. Uh, and if she chooses never to do this again, you know, she may eventually want to do it again. Even when the when the baby's older, we've seen wrestlers that have come back and done this again because, uh, you know, because they want to see the, the because they want their children to see them. Look at Goldberg, right? He's a prime there example, somebody who's really driven uh, to the come champion. back. Yeah, a champion came back to become a champion a once champion. again. Uh, but I so, but whatever she decides, I mean. We've got to see such a great career, you know, and of course, nobody will ever be able to take away that moment uh, at MetLife Stadium when not only did she headline WrestleMania, but left with both women championship belts uh, at the end of the night, uh, victorious. And, you know, maybe, maybe not replicate it ever again. Uh, she is definitely going to go down as one of the greatest women wrestlers of all time. Look, Mae Young and Moolah came back in the 70s. So if anybody can come back, the man that's, is the that's one to true. do it. All right. So that was that was definitely a lot. Uh, huge news, though. And by de facto, uh, Asuka will not be cashing in her money in the bank uh, briefcase because she is now the man uh, in the Raw Women's Division as she uh, is now uh, the champion uh, for the women. Uh, so yeah, so do you guys expect this reign of Oscar to be different from the first one? Because I know I do. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I definitely hope she keeps it for a long time and and stays a, sits atop the division. I mean, this is it's it's not just so Oscar enters now the you know uh, the Triple Crown winner, the Grand Slam champion. You know, Bailey was the first, as Bailey was the first uh, tag team champion. So Oscar has now been the Raw Women's Champion. Currently, she's former SmackDown Women's Champion. She, of course, was the NXT Champion. And, of course, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champion. She also now has won the Money in the Bank. She won the Women's Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. She won the inaugural Mixed Match Challenge. Yep. Um, her and her partner, The Miz. And she was the sole survivor for her team at Survivor Series. Um, so she pretty much has reached unprecedented levels of accomplishments um, in the things that she's done in WWE. Uh, arguably, you know, one of the greatest of all time. I mean, I've been saying that for several years that she's been, you know, the greatest in-ring competitor they've had. 
you know, in, in this era. And here she is now at the top of the division. She's got all eyes on her after this emotional segment. Apparently, uh, Asuka was not informed that she would be winning the championship, nor was she informed that Becky was pregnant. That's why there's this kind of stall moment where Asuka has to, like, let the English process in her head when she's like, what, what, wait, did you say mother? You know, and and then she flips out too. Um, so there's, you know, it being a part of that big moment, I think also puts more eyes on Asuka as well. Like, can she carry the division that essentially Becky Lynch handed to her? You know, essentially Becky's, I assume, probably had some kind of say in a little bit, you know, maybe how this would go down. You know, she, Becky literally could have said, you know, I want to do a tournament. I want to do, you know, something else. And then they would have probably said, okay, um, you know, we'll take that into consideration. But to have it to where she essentially handed Asuka the belt and said, I'm leaving. You be the champion. You know, you, she said, what was her word is, you know, you go be the warrior that I know you can be. I'm going to go be a mother. And so that puts a lot of pressure on Asuka's shoulders. Um, but I, I do believe she certainly can handle that, um, given given you know her past record of of success. So I, I look forward to a very lengthy and exciting uh, Oscar championship reign. Definitely agree with that. I actually saw a debate today. It made me think of you. Um, somebody was debating who's the greatest Joshi wrestler of the last like thirty years. Is it Oscar or is it Manami Toyota? Yeah. And it just, it's very interesting to see the like various like responses to that. And it, it, it all determines on age too. Cause yeah, a lot part of, of it's age. don't know Toyota as one of the yeah. greatest of all time. Well, um, part of it's also that Manami just retired a couple years ago. Yeah. After being wrestling for so long, where Asuka still has so many more years that she could continue to do this. This going to, you know? I really hope that we get at least the Survivor Series before Asuka loses the belt. She has been one of the most entertaining parts of this whole uh, Inti Arena shows. Yeah, yeah. She's always entertaining. She's always spot on with everything. And not to mention, she is one of, if not the best women's wrestler that WWE actually has on their roster. So... I don't know. I'm very hopeful for this title, Ray. Yeah, I definitely do think that there's a, there's a lot that people can say about how she was booked coming in, uh, you know, losing to Charlotte, and uh, then the way she lost her championship when she did win it and all that. Uh, and people can definitely say all that, but I think there's so, so much more, you know, with uh, – Oscar, Oscar has done everything and anything they've asked of her, and in every way, whether people like how the results or not, she has done great and excelled. And we see the same here. Uh, you know, we see it all. We saw it also with how she did when uh, she won the uh, tag team championships uh, as well. Uh, and so I have absolutely no doubt that. Uh, she will do uh, a fantastic job. So uh, I'm really excited to see uh, how this will come about uh, and to see just the, the new reign 
uh, of Oscar. And, you know, this, this is the opportunity I think they have right now for her to have, uh, you know, maybe a lengthy reign. And there's plenty of contenders and there's plenty of things to be able to do with Oscar right now. I mean, I don't think there's any any one person, right, that can't overtake the, the division right now, you know, because you think about it, you got Bailey, Sasha, and Charlotte is on SmackDown. Uh, you don't have Ronda. You don't have uh, – and you don't have um, uh, Becky now. So you're left with, like, I would say the top females in the division uh, in the, as the single stars are uh, in Raw, Shayna, and Asuka. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, you also got Kerry Sane, but it's like the top, top, like main event caliber. And so I think you, you can eventually get uh, to, you can eventually get to Oscar versus Shayna, but I think you can, you can wait on that. You have plenty of talent where you can hold off till you can get that in front of a crowd. Uh, you know, and if you can be patient, you can make that be, even uh, a WrestleMania main event, you know, one of the top events, uh, matches for WrestleMania next year. Uh, and whatever, uh, yeah, it's in LA, so even better. Uh, so I, I think that, that that would be great. But whatever they decide to do, I, I'm excited for this reign. Uh, and yeah, I can't, can't wait to see that. Uh, so. Uh, amongst the things that happened on Raw as well, we've also, of course, uh, got to see a little basketball pickup game and uh, a whole lot of Latinos uh, in the, you know, be performing in here. Of course, you know, the Latino invasion with Humberto Carrillo, Angel Garza, uh, Andrade, uh, and also uh, Ray Mysterio. Yeah, well, Austin he Theory, yeah. yeah, you forgot about Austin uh, Theory. He, no, because he's, he's, the, mo- he's the most Latino Latino of the group. I, I'm talking about those who got to wrestle. Uh, mm. But we did get a very iconic return of uh, Billy Ray and Peyton Royce. Billy uh, Ray? Billy <laughs> K. I said Billy K. No, you said, no, you said Billy Ray. <laughs> Like Billy Ray Cyrus, achy breaky heart. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, look, we all know that's how you gotta uh, be Eric, joking me. You, you know that Eric's <laughs> heart was achy breaky while the Iconics uh, have been off the of the TV. So seven uh, long yeah. months without the two greatest performers to ever step foot in a WWE ring. So Billy Kay and, and Peyton Royce. Are back uh, and they they defeated uh, the uh, Cross Apple champions in a non-title match. Uh, so yeah, uh, should have been for the title. They, they they have their sights on those championship belts. They won them back. Uh, so yeah, the Iconics are back. And and Eric apparently has woken up. He's not woke. As, as I mentioned, maybe all I got to say is iconic. <laughs> and uh, Eric will, uh, you know, will put a pep in his step, maybe. Yeah. Now, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, do. 
This definitely was a way to end Monday Night Raw. Randy Orton and Edge are going to be have a wrestling match, and with Charlie Crusoe set could become could be the greatest wrestling match of all time. Yeah, did anybody else take offense to that? The, the yeah, female version of Tony Schiavone here. Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, look, I love Edge. I love Randy Orton. Uh, I did not expect to see the greatest wrestling match ever. No. Because they're just having a quote-unquote no. wrestling match. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. How many wrestling matches did we see uh, earlier that night? Uh, come on, people. I know you're trying to sell a match out of, for these guys. For because they're having a match because for absolutely no reason since this feat should have been over. Yeah. After the very, very, very long match at WrestleMania. After the three and a half hour walk through the PC. Sources tell me that that match is still happening. Somewhere along, somewhere out there, it's still going on. So, yeah, uh, I, I don't get it, but sure, why not? Uh, it looks like Randy Orton <coughs> and uh, Edge are going to be trying to have the, the a wrestling, a, a straight up wrestling match at WWE Backlash. Yeah, um, they're overselling it here, and uh, I, I don't think they need to work that hard. But alas, that's what they're doing. Yeah, well, they got to get you to tune back in because I think a lot of people like us are kind of slowly, slowly caring less and less about what's going on because they don't like the empty arena format. And it's, it's unfortunately, it's the way it is. It's the way it is, and it's the way it's going to be for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, we could be going at this another month, two months, three months. You know, hopefully not, but it could be that long, if not longer, till we're back in the arenas uh, watching live wrestling. So. They got to do what they can to kind of keep you interested and keep selling it, like you said. But it is a little a little excessive to say it's going to be the greatest night in the history of our sport, you know, or illustrious sport. Um, On that note, yeah, just you a little just much. said just a, just a small little side uh, track. Um, I got an email yesterday for NXT tickets in Atlanta on July fifteenth. So. So they're going to try at least. I mean, the that's July is is far enough out that they may at least try, and then I guess they'll refund your tickets if uh, if things change. But yeah, it's interesting that they're actually deciding to put. T- I saw something about that. Take and I thought it was a back joke. To Atlanta soon. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a joke, and then like I looked at the Ticketmaster website, and there are tickets for NXT. So I uh, all right. I, I so you bought some, tickets. is what you're saying? Yeah, I did. Yes, I will be at NXT as long as it happens. Um, but yeah, backlash. <laughs> so yeah, um, it's gonna be interesting, but okay. Um, let's see. Uh, can uh, can Randy Orton and Edge live up to the hype in 2020? Well, it it'll definitely be a story heavy match, I'm assuming. So. They're they gonna can have probably the do wrestling match okay. ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it will be. Maybe after that they'll have a sixty-minute Ironman match. That's I it. Already had that. Then it'll be the 
be the two. No, but it'll be a my wrestling match only. No, no gimmicks. Not, not the walkthrough. Yeah. yeah, and then they'll do the stages of hell, and then they'll do, you know, yeah, they'll just keep going. Hell in the cell. There you go. Yeah. The elimination chamber, but it's just the two of them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they, both, they both excelled at the elimination chamber. That's like they both have, have to stay in their pods though until they randomly get until they're counted out. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one of them. Maybe they start the match. Maybe they're both in pods. We don't know. It's random selection, fellas. <laughs> now I need this match. Don't say right, that. So, don't speak that into the universe. So we let's move on to Wednesday night the NXT. We see we started with Wednesday. We're gonna. Follow through and come back to to Wednesday night to wrap this up before we talk about uh, our main attraction, uh, which is going to take us really back to the nineties. Uh, but N- NXT uh, surprised me a little bit here. Uh, first of all, we get uh, Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle defending the NXT Championship against Imperium and Thatcher turning. Uh, here on uh, Matt Riddle, leave him out to dry, and Imperium takes advantage, and they become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. Of course, that leads to a brawl confrontation between Matt Riddle and Thatcher, which... It's old uh, catch point heat, man. It's old catch yeah, point we, heat. Which concludes in a uh, one-on-one match uh, in the main event. But, yeah, Quite, quite a, a shock to me, and quite a, quite a thing to see here uh, between Matt Riddle and Thatcher. And uh, well, Imperium continue to uh, are they the new? Um, are, are they the new? Uh, oh, what you would call Undisputed it? Era. Uh, yeah, the new spirit. They're getting all the belts. You know, I mean, now we just gotta see Wolf with, uh, get one of the other titles. <laughs> Do you really want Wolf holding championship then? Yeah, I mean, look. Give Wolf the North American title, or give me death. I mean, he could probably even try to get the twenty four seven title, right? It's anybody, there you go. The, he can get it off Gronk. Right? the company. Yeah, go chase down Gronk. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll say it. Thank God that they took the title off Matt Riddle. I hate Matt Riddle. Hate him. Hate him. Hate him. Now Pete Dunn can actually go be relevant, bro. Yes, that's his entire gimmick. There's also the pot smoking part. No, that's true. The, yeah. But that's the reason why he says bro. He's exactly. Because he's not as okay. cool as RVD. All right. Whatever. So, Imperium, Tetany Tetany Champions. Uh, I, I thought the way that they were going to do this, they were going to have uh, Thatcher join Imperium. Of course, you know, there's that relationship with... Uh, with Walter, uh, which yeah, they can still get top. there, right? Yeah, they, they, yeah, they can still get there, so it's not, uh, you know, but it, it, it's, it's not something that couldn't happen, but yeah, I could see that eventually being a thing. Uh, but yeah, it was like, it was a, to me, shocking, but sort of enjoyable also. I think the way they, they did it, and all in one night, and it would not be the last time that we see Thatcher and uh, Riddle wrestle. Of course, it's not the first time I've seen them wrestle, but it'll be uh, good to see them, you know, battle a few more times uh, before Brother Pete can uh, come in and uh, set them all straight. 
Well, I I think it's good to build new stars and new people, and and this definitely puts Thatcher at a much higher place than just Pete Riddle's jump in replacement. You know, Pete Riddle's Pete Dunn's jump in replacement. Um, that was a Patrick like squaw, wasn't it? Um, Yellow Man esque. Uh, but I yeah, so I think that this makes this helps make Thatcher into somebody of probable relevance. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a hard nosed fighting bastard. And, uh, I think that's a good thing. I think, you know, he and Riddle against each other are going to have, are going to have wonderful matches because Riddle does well against those kind of fighters, um, against people who literally just go in and, and just try to wreck people. And that's what Thatcher does. So I think, you know, they're going to have a good series of matches. Um, it was interesting the way that they kind of, set things up and did it all in one night. That was kind of cool. Um, but yet again, similarly to the main roster, I think NXT is also kind of hurting for people too, is they're only using so many people and select people. And a lot of people are kind of, they let go. And then a lot of people are kind of deciding to, to hit the, uh, hit the open road, so to speak, um, because the work's not there. So why, why be tied down if you're not going to be used? Um, so, I it was cool, you know, it was a different, interesting storyline way to have it do it in one night. It made the whole show feel very, very on the fly. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, it's going interesting now. Uh, the other thing that that uh, that I wanted to bring up because uh, two things, couple here, um, of course. Let, let me uh, know my numbers here. Finn Balor uh, putting over uh, Cameron Grimes, and looks like um, uh, we have a uh, oh, what was King his name size Chris Angel. The Archer, the Archer, yeah. uh, King uh, King Size Chris Angel. What, what is what is the name? Damian What's Priest. Punisher Martinez? Damian Priest. Thank you. Uh, names are escaping me today. Uh, so yeah, so we get Damien Priest here uh, setting his uh, eyes set on Finn Balor. So uh, you know Finn Balor coming out to you know put over the uh, the young kids over. Even though I, I don't you know I don't think Damien Priest is that that young, but I think Priest is older than Balor, but yeah, he looks older yeah. than him at least. Pretty much, but, uh, but yeah, they they had nothing for Balor in the main roster, so they. They they brought him over to put over the the, the uh, younger talent, uh, Kids, newer yeah. talent. Uh, but yeah, putting so, over Kevin Grimes now, uh, and yeah, looks like we, we we see what we have next. So does this by does is this kind of making this evil Finn Balor into a babyface because he's getting attacked and beat up with a chair by a guy bigger than him? Does that make him put him in the babyface role now? I mean, because Priest is kind of a is kind of a heel. He was, you know, the way he was trying to attack Keith Lee and Dijakovic in their little tr- series of matches. He would, you know, use his use underhand tactics a little bit. Yeah, I I I think that the heel thing would have worked better with with fans in attendance and now well there you go yeah he'll turn yeah. always works better with fans in attendance because you gauge whether people buy it or not 
you know? And yeah, like, now he's just breaking the rules to break the rules because there's nobody to jeer him, so, I mean... Yeah, yeah, he's just... I feel like faces ahead. and heels are out the window at this point. Uh, yes and no. There's nobody I mean, there's to really nobody play to, to except for home, yeah. But at the same but at the same time, like, a bad guy is going to try to cheat to get ahead if he can. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's just... it's. I feel like the whole dynamic's a little off right now. Well, yeah, 100%, 110%, yeah. But it's possible to that that they're grooming him to become a face again. I, I don't know. I, I prefer heel heel Balor, honestly. But yeah, well, yeah this this current version of the character is cool. Yeah, so that's, exactly. but it was just like when you get jumped and beat up by somebody. Usually, that's not something a a, a hero does. They may well, have, I think they also bring though. Back to Raw. I think I think the majority of the fans though were gonna always cheer for him. You know, I think that that may have been part of the thing. You know, because you get the your fans, you know, even though he's a heel, uh, I think that for the most part, though, he's been cheered in everything he's been doing. So, what you just gotta, I mean, you can't fight the crowd. I mean, crowd's gonna continue to uh, cheer for Balor, they might as well just make him uh, a baby face. Because you know he's from about me, he's he's over with the fans, and you can make him evil, but you really, you know, it's kind of like I think AJ Styles is similar, right? When he was with the OC and his heel persona, people still cheering for him. I mean, they booed the OC when they were together, but when it was just AJ Styles, as soon as his music hit, fans go crazy. At least well, when they were fans, um, they were crazy, and so. That that will definitely play a part. Well, now I obviously think he's going into the baby face because first Grimes, now uh, Priest. Uh, yeah, that that's definitely the way they're heading. And so another episode of the Gargano Files. Uh, every time I think of the Garganos, I think they they're gonna have a show like the the uh, a TV show like the uh, Sopranos. Let's call it the Garganos. But maybe you know, maybe you could end it the same way too, like having them blow up in a restaurant at the end. Spoiler alert! If anybody hasn't watched The Sopranos, do you guys even know what Sopranos is? Yeah, I know what The Sopranos is. I just never I've, watched. I've it. seen like one and a half episodes. I haven't seen one, but I keep hearing about this the, how the show ended with a big boom. At the end, but anyways, I, I I still I still don't get what dinner time with the Garganos is all about. Uh, the, the, the what's the point of having having them do video while they're having dinner if they never eat? Rule number one about any TV, any um, any uh, shows with food is you always taste your food. Before the clip, maybe, so, maybe maybe they're afraid of somebody poisoning their food. But well, I guess Candace is the one cooking it. Uh, still, you taste your food. It's, it's food TV show one on one, and I've never been on a TV show about food, although I have eaten pre plenty of food. 
But did you guys even watch this? No, I have not watched NXT yet. I don't really care for the segments. I mean, I guess they're just there to have them be a talk segment, basically, instead of doing an in-ring, you know, Miz TV, we're just going to have dinner with the Garganos. Uh, it'll be funny once the once this uh, whole thing with the COVID gets better. Maybe they'll uh, they'll have guests who will be your guests next week on dinner with the Garganos. Maybe so. Who would they it'll, invite to their house though? They, they, dinner dinner to the Garganos will replace table for three. Boom. Oh, there you go. For that. There you go. You know, I mean, did they even eat any food at tables for three? I can't Sometimes remember. I, I, mean, I, see, I, see, I saw them drinking a lot. But yeah. Depends, maybe they I ate guess. before they, uh, they spoke. Who knows? But yeah. Dinner with the green noodles. Sure. Why not? All right. Um, you know, before before we hit the three hour mark, uh, let's get into it. Let's let's take the time machine back to 1998. Picture it, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, I don't know the name of the place where they wrestled, uh, but it was not a bingo hall, and no. it looked like he was it's sold out. Pay per view, baby. Uh-huh. Pay per view. Uh, you don't get you you don't hear that much often these days. Unless you're watching AEW, uh, yeah. but yeah, in 1998, pay per view was a big, big thing. Uh, and well, ECW had one, Heatwave '98. It was uh, August 2nd, 1998. Again, it's somewhere in Dayton, Ohio. Um, and well, mm-hmm. uh, we've got lots of good matches, but like any other real great uh, ECW show would start. It would be with Joey Styles in the middle of the ring, cutting, uh, you know, just doing what he does. Uh, often, uh, you know, uh, what is Imitated, what's that word? Never Imitated, exactly. Like, thank you. But man, no one can do this. Like this show Get intro, the crowd like, riled up, man. Joey. Show intro, everybody you. hyped. Awesome. He got me hyped. I was like, oh man. And then, and then, of course, he invited uh, his co-host for the night, co-commentator and ECW champion um, Shane Douglas here, sporting uh, a nice long hair, uh, and of course, uh, Francine by his side, and his jorts and his uh, leather black black leather flat cap turned backwards, which was the cool, cool tough guy '90s look. You know that he was rocking like Triple H would also do the the ninety the bat the black leather flat cap turned backwards. Um, yeah, Shane Douglas out with a big injury to his elbow, as you could see. He had a huge wonky looking cast on there. Um, so he had been doing color commentary for quite some time. Now this was the first ECW pay per view that I ever got. Okay, I've been watching ECW, but it was like it was like some elusive hidden gem okay you'd have to like because it would only come on in the middle of the night and i i swear i felt it was switching channels on me every other week i'd always i could never remember where it was like 
if I had a friend stay over, I was at a friend's house, like we had to stay up to make sure we could watch it. And he would be like, no, it comes on 1.30 on this channel. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. It came on at 2.30 at this channel. So we're like <laughs> staying up late, trying to find it, trying to find it. Maybe you catch it and it's like gold. And one of you falls asleep and you're like, you loser, you missed it. Wake up, wake up at CCW. You know, like, or you'd have to go to sleep and set an alarm and then get up in the middle of the night, you know, to try to watch it and catch it and like be half asleep at three in the morning, like watching ECW, like, it was just that was be- that was the part of the beauty of ECW is it was like this hidden thing that that that, that few people knew of you know it was like the, it was the holy grail of wrestling it was this hidden church that nobody knew about but this yeah. was the first pay per view of theirs that I got so this one was huge for me that's why I wanted to watch this pay per view again as I had um, I had recorded it on VHS and I'd watched it a bunch me and my friends watched it a bunch so I'd seen the show a lot but it's been at least fifteen years since I've seen it so that's why I chose this show to watch. Um, so Joey Styles getting hyped up, you know, I had forgotten about several of these wrestlers and just how good they were as wrestlers, not just like fighters and brawlers, but some of them are such good wrestlers and the character development and the stories and, you know, the editing of the video packages and just so much about what made ECW awesome, um, and made you get hyped into it. And yet again, because it was kind of this, not everybody saw it, not everybody knew it, even amongst your wrestling friends, not everybody watched it in 98. So it was still kind of this cool elite club of people who watched ECW. Oh yeah. You just watched WF. Okay. Whatever. Like, but you don't watch ECW though. Do you No, I didn't think so. Okay. You're not cool. Like me, you know, like it was one of those kind of things, like an, an inner circle of people. Um, but there were just so many people who, you know, as it was, my wife watched a little bit with me and I was telling her, you know, like these are a lot of these guys were guys who, you know, were passed over by WCW or WWF. Some of them had jobs there. Some of them never did guys were underutilized. And then eventually a lot of these guys would get jobs again and go on to big success, you know, in WCW and, and ultimately WWF, WWE. Um, but this was kind of the cool underground place. You know, they would swear the women were much more scantily clad. They would use a lot of, body language you know not just swearing but they would use a lot of sexual language and sexual innuendos and um you know it was it was the beer swilling cigar smoking you know that was that was what ecw was and that's part of also what made it feel cool is it was it was the outlaws you know they weren't doing what what people did on cable tv man you can't do this stuff on cable you know like it back then i mean now this stuff seems fairly tame considering what is allowed on cable television but at the time this was the rebels the outlaws they did what other people wouldn't dare do you know and it was that's what also made ecw feel so cool joey styles was the poster child for that by just hyping up everything he put everybody over even the people he hated even when he was like you know he hates somebody he still puts them over as dangerous as violent as as credible competitors as credible wrestlers you know even though he he despises them and their actions and and the way they carry themselves, etc. Um, but Joey, even in his his suit and tie, you know, seeming like a nerd, was still like the super cool nerd, you know, giving you all the info about all the stuff you needed to know about everybody. Yeah, so it definitely was uh, everything ECW was now. Uh, ECW was to me one of those. Uh, dirty little secrets that man, you know, it, it, it was the cool little thing that you know, yeah, like you said uh, earlier, you kind of had to be part of that elite club. Uh, and yeah, you were cool if you didn't watch ECW, and 
man, there were a lot of people, and, and when people, man, people, this is the kind of show uh, that that I enjoyed seeing because the people actually got in, uh, helped me get into the show. You know, I think a lot of the the people's reactions are kind of like that's what I enjoy out of wrestling fandom, uh, not uh, some twerp uh, say one two sweet every single time. Does a count? You know, somebody kicks out of a, a pin pinfall. But yeah, it, I think that yeah, it's ECW was uh, very sweet at uh, a, a certain time and uh, for for what it was it I think it it met a old uh, it checked all the boxes for me as far as uh, what I enjoy out of it not out of pro wrestling now Eric I know you still weren't alive then you hadn't been born yet so uh, another show uh, to watch from before you were born Totally joking. Come on. You were like five, right? 98. I would have been six. Sure. There we go. All right. So, uh, yeah, trust us. But I was, was still watching ECW. Yeah, but look, a six-year-old does not enjoy ECW like a <laughs> teenager it. does, right? <laughs> <laughs> there, there are a lot of different feelings a teenager has watching ECW. That a six-year-old kid, I don't think can have yet. All right, so, uh, but we'll get to Tammy Stitch later. Uh, Let's go ahead and start uh, with the first match of the evening, Um, and uh, and the first match to open the main card. Just incredible coming along with Jason Knight, Nicole Bass, and Chastity. Uh, This whole entourage of weird people. Yeah, he had his own uh, oddities here uh, before becoming uh, an impact player uh, in the not long uh, future. Uh, and uh, they go, he goes one-on-one against, well, technically, as we knew, it's four-on-one, against the artist formerly known as Mr. JL uh, of WCW in fame. Uh, Jerry Lynn, uh, man, this match, a really fun opener, uh, almost 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, it's that let me, we had, you know, I think the just incredible character had just, uh, you know, had just been, had, we just created not long before this, so it's still uh, somewhat new and fresh. Uh, so to be able to see uh, the former men of war, Aldo Montoya, uh, uh, you know, without a mask and with no well, hair. They were, well, you mentioned him and Jer- Jerry Lynn was under a goofy mask too. So, like, they were both unmasked. As and everybody's yeah. like, "Holy crap, these guys are really good." Yeah, but just just incredible got uglier without the mask. I, I, you know, well, Jerry yeah, Lynn yeah. Was not, uh, the greatest he was a decent looking, looking guy. Was, yeah, but he's decent. It was, it was actually, but yeah. You know, yeah, basically putting so, Justin uh, under a hood was the right move. Yeah. Okay, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, just, just here's the thing. I know the people wet their hair, who watered yeah, their hair, but he still I, like would pour. He came out looking yeah. like he just hopped out of the shower. Basically, <laughs> he just poured I'm a like, bunch of water on his bald head. Like what? Like he don't. <laughs> My he wife know commented he on that never, too. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I still don't get that for people with long hair, but okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, fun opener. The crowd got into it, of course. A whole lot of shenanigans, 
Uh, yeah. Jerry Lynn had to do everything, but in the end, could not overcome. And uh, the former uh, John Polacco showing us that even in 1998, he was just incredible. That uh, tombstone off the top, which I don't think will be replicated for a lot of years uh, by anybody else. Um, I mean, now people do it, but it was it was definitely something innovative, and his twisting variation was innovative as well because it required a lot more skill to hold somebody as you leapt in order to drop them, and so it was supposed to be more dangerous, etc. Um, but I just, you know, like I'm, go back watching stuff now versus that I did, and I realized how great a wrestler. Like we all know, Jerry Lynn's a great wrestler. He, you know, he's his series that would come later with Rob Van Dam, and then his you know, eventual ROH run, winning the championship there. Like, we all know how great of a wrestler Jerry Lynn is. His stuff in TNA, like, add that in there as well. But, like, Just Incredible was, I mean, he was more of a character, but he was a very, very good and capable wrestler. Um, you know, you had to be in order to hang in this. There's very few who who could get vibe just be, on being a bad wrestler, you know, and not have the skill. Like, even guys... You know, like people we'd see later, the Sandman and, and New Jack and stuff. Like they're they're still capable wrestlers. They just get by on not having to do it. But Jim Incredible was always a guy who had to wrestle, and he always wrestled a very old school style. You know, he was part of that older school training. Um, so it's just kind of interesting the way he was able to rise to the top while still wrestling that a much more older, older school style. And that's what you see a lot in ECW too. Is that you know where WWF and, and WCW were moving to different styles. Like ECW was using older style stuff. They were just putting a new modern spin on it. And that's what made them successful um, until they, until it was, basically they just, you know, overspent themselves and went bankrupt. Um, but a, a fun match, great opener yet again, you know, with the, the, uh, the shenanigans on the outside, it got extra heat for credible winning um, and beating Jerry Lynn as they had had a series over the summer. And this was supposed to be kind of the, the final match between them, um, you know, before one of them would potentially move on to title con- towards title contention and the other would fall further down the card. Um, but a great match that really did a lot of great things for both guys, and both guys are going to great success in ECW. Yeah, I enjoyed the match. Um, two good, capable guys. It was a good opener. Um, definitely set the pace for the rest of the night. Um, I think my favorite part of Styles' commentary on that match was when he was referring to Nicole Bass and he was like, we should call her Russia because she's twice as big as China. Yeah, because she's a lot bigger than China. She's yeah. bigger than China. That was. I goofy. thought that was hilarious. And then he said she gets hit right in the nuts when she got low blowed. I know. These are not things you could say anymore. In TV. 2020, this wasn't what you said in 20... This isn't what you say in 2020. Yeah, Even the crowd is. things, the things the crowd were saying that you could overhear are not things that you would say to, in public in 2020. Yeah. The cancel was, culture would be all over you. Yeah. But it was yeah. a good match. I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of notes here. I had... Uh... <laughs> Excuse me. That was... That's uh, not a note. I could, I could... Sorry, I couldn't get to the mute button quick enough. Uh, uh, but this is why we're live, pal. So We're live, pal. Yeah, uh, just incredible, uh, man. On NXT, just incredible would be top of the car headliner. Uh, oh yeah, I think the character, 
uh, rocks in every way. And yeah, this match, you know, uh, you know, I, I could, I could hear all the Mamma Mia's uh, from uh, that uh, the Mara would be saying, and all the uh, you know the, the people in well, in full sale and whatnot. I mean, th- this match is, pers- is basically what every anybody in uh, in full sale would just go bat crazy for. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the table but, spot yeah. so early on and all that stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely a, a top tier. NXT or or any kind of match, but that was what ECW did, and this was the opening match of the pay per view. You know, like there was other matches there. They had a you know a dark match before the pay per view went on the air, but this was the opening match on pay per view, and they did so much. You know, oh yeah, uh, and, and you stuff know, like that we you get said, people yelled at these days. You're doing too much on the opening. What else yeah, is and, there left for us to do, brother? You know, like that Jerry kind of had, yeah, Jerry Lynn hadn't hit his prime years yet, and like you said. Eventually, he went on to have those great matches with Rob and them, and uh, but yeah, it's it crazy. Uh, so yeah, so here Justin Carroll picks up the win. Uh, up next, uh, we get uh, Len Storm versus Chris Candido. As uh, of course, uh, previously Chris Candido had a turn on uh, Len Storm, uh, and Reconnected back with uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and Shane Douglas to, uh, you know, to to be the original solidify the triple threat. Yeah, exactly. And they were they, former they tag were team treating, champions. Yeah, they they were treating Lance Storm like the uh, like the young you know, boy the, in the group, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then, but once Bam Bam, Bam got back in, once uh, once they once they uh, they all came out that it was all a, a ruse, you know, Bam Bam. Uh, eventually, yeah. cast. Um, you know, Lance was the uh, the the odd man out of the group. So here we get uh, Chris Candido uh, with uh, re- with the wrestling headgear uh, because you know because he had just had surgery on his ear. He'd had plastic surgery on his ear from wrestling Sabu and RVD. Sabu actually did they did Rolling Thunder. Sabu did his slingshot leg drop. Sabu had the metal spike in his boot, even though he wasn't going to be using it in the match because Sabu just had it at all times. It was that actual metal spike that ripped off the top of the ear of Candido, and Candido had plastic surgery to have it reattached. So that's why he came out wearing the headgear because it was it was to protect his ears, which is what that headgear is originally meant to do. So that Although was it looked legit. goofy. That was one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. They they yeah. It was so they lost the match to they so Sabu and and RVD are the champs. They lost. Uh, they RVD and Sabu won the belts from Candido and Lance, and it was in the rematch where this happened. Sabu literally slung shot leg drop over. He had the he had the spike in his boot, and the spike slit a chunk off of uh of Candido's ear. Holy crap! I wasn't sure if they were like you know like if it was a work out. injury or not. Yeah. So I mean, they yeah, it was crazy when they could. Absolutely, uh, but you know, of course, Chris Candido comes in with Sunny. Well, the artist yeah. formerly known as Sunny, uh, making her. They they talked about it like it was her return, like she like she had like they talk about it like they're surprised she's there. So I think she had been with WWF, but not too long before. Because they right, talk about it like her just, being there as a coup. Yeah, because she had just uh, finished doing her thing with LOD two thousand earlier that year. 
Remember, she she brought up the new LOD uh, at WrestleMania. So, yeah, she was over that quick. But, uh, yeah, uh, sunny at this time. Uh, a whole lot of sunny. Very much the sunny we we all... Uh, uh, yeah, well, there's we, the, the we part of the match love. where her, her top pretty much gets ripped and by the referee, no less. And uh, right. and she has to kind of she has to cover up very quickly, and it's you know interesting. I mean, nothing, yeah. you didn't see anything unless you had super slow mo and could try to stop the camera, perhaps. But it was obviously a worked spot to get her exposed because those were big money at the at the time. You know, people trying to people wanted to see that the anything can happen in pay per view. You know. Yeah. Well, also Francine had. You know, yeah, she came out basically negligent. Yeah, she, she came yeah, out in a thong yeah. and then a, a bra and and a like a lace see a mesh see through uh nightgown basically is what Francine wore, right? So, I mean, yeah, Francine had set an expectation for uh EC Deadly, uh, yeah, but, starting yeah. off the show. Uh, if if I remember correctly, Sunny had just been released from WWE not long after, not 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 too long before this show. So okay, uh, yeah. So she had just you know after the whole mess with LOD two thousand and then having nothing to do for Sunny, they 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 released her, and yeah. here she is, uh, you know, making Heat Wave a little bit hotter. So yeah, I mean, it making making that match was wild too. I love that match. Yeah. I've seen I've, a outstanding match. I've seen Candido and Lance Storm, and yet again a top rope power bomb this time finishes Lance Storm. But that was Candido's finisher. He hit that on everybody if he could. Um, yeah, you know, it wasn't just a top rope variation of his move. Um, but Lance Storm looking outstanding, like he always does. Candido looking outstanding. That suplex bump where he just drops him over the top rope onto the floor is insane. I still would, wouldn't dare anybody to do that this day and age, you know, just because he landed hard flat on his back on the concrete, like an, like a crazy person does. Um, outstanding match, you know, yet again, a match that elevates both guys, both guys come out looking like, you know, so much better for that match. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed watching this match. Um, it's one of my first tastes of Candido outside of the skip gimmick, um, and outside oh of goodness. like, and outside of like his run in TNA. So I didn't really see much of him in ECW. So this was one of the first few matches of his that I truly got to like watch. And Lance Storm is the perfect dance partner because he knows what he's doing in that ring. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, that top rope power bomb that he called what the blonde bombshell. The blonde bombshell. It's yeah. named after Tammy. Named the after Stamp. Yeah. Yeah. And, named um, after Tammy. I watched it when he hit that move. I was like, "Good lord, that's crazy!" Like that. Like you said, you couldn't do that nowadays. Um, but yeah, it was a great match back to back. Yeah, uh, it, it was. I was a little worried going into this pay per view because there wasn't a lot of like names really that I cared too much about really. Um, but so far, it has far exceeded my expectations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you you think about you know, I think ECW pay per views 
Uh, and of course, we'll see this much later. We're known to be just wild, chaotic masses. But, you know, it, it's when you sprinkle all around those big masses. And, you know, you, I think Paul, and this is the reason why Paul Heyman to this day is still involved in the wrestling business in such a high level as he is right now uh, with the Fed, is that man has a great mind. You know, he knows psychology wise, he knows how to get things done a certain way to entertain the masses. Financially, maybe he was he's not the, the, the best person to have around, you know. Um, but on a cre- specifically just creative, uh, you know, role, yeah, you you want Paul Heyman on your team, you know, sure. because he he's the kind of guy that yeah will he will try anything and he will put out anything that he, you know and. Find a way, you know, sometimes there are misses, but, man, the hits by far outweigh the misses. Uh, and I think that, you know, he did a good job here. So uh, ne- next up, though, we get the first of the couple of cursed promotional matches we had as ECW had entered into a partner relationship with M- uh, FMW. Uh, and, of course, uh, FMW... Uh, a promotion uh, from Japan. And uh, here we get uh, Masato Tanaka had just made his uh, debut uh, earlier that year. And then uh, Mike Awesome had returned to the uh, to ECW uh, and attacked him. And then they, I think they had a match or so or two. And so, yeah, so this is another contention of just the brutal matches uh, that these guys have had. Now, I, I remember these matches as a kid. Uh, it were it, it some of the most painful things to watch. Oh, yes, uh, indeed. Just <laughs> brutal. Chair shots, I mean, chair shots are devastating. Dude, I mean, it's, chair, realistically, chair. it's a wonder that Masato Tanaka is not in a wheelchair today. Like, because he, okay, so I recently, like in the last month, I bought an, a DVD. It was an RF video compilation of the summer series. Of, well, it was, pretty, it was almost the entire um, series between Tanaka and Awesome. And it included a bunch of house shows, included tag matches. Anything that they did, that they filmed, fan cam was, um, all the, you know, the pay-per-view matches, their first match in, uh, in Queens, um, you know, where afterwards uh, Tanaka or Awesome threw Tanaka with the Awesome Bomb through the table to the floor um, for the first time. It's and the, the amount of punishment he took, even on the house show matches, we're still just like it's, it's a wonder this guy's not crippled. Um, and he and Mike Awesome always beat the tar out of each other, always. And this was this was kind of like the Tanaka had come. And they had a match, and then I think Mike Awesome went back to Japan for a bit. Or no, Mike Awesome was hurt. That was the thing. They said that Mike Awesome was hurt. He had had knee surgery or something. Um, so Tanaka had made a couple appearances for ECW in the meantime, but this was now Mike Awesome coming back from his injury. He went to Japan, and then he came back to ECW. So this was like the big rematch, and that's why the big thing was for uh, awesome, Mike or Masada Tanaka to hit the Awesome Bomb through the table on the outside to Mike awesome 
A, because it looked just nasty because Mike Austin's just a huge guy to fall on his neck from that height. Um, but both guys just absolutely incredible. And I remember watching this match yet again, just watching this match again and again and again and again. And every single time, the chair shots, every single time when, he, when Tanaka gets dumped on his head and pops right back up, I go, holy crap, every single time, every single time, go, oh, my God, and I get so pumped up when he when he like hooks up basically um excellent excellent contest between two excellent competitors yeah and oh man to me move of the night mike awesome springing from the top rope into the uh the fans uh, over, over the guardrail onto uh tanaka uh i mean yeah. for a guy his size to move like that and they always used to time. make the jokes okay they used to make the joke, and he Joey even makes the joke at the one point in time. Uh, you know, most six basically he says it different ways, but my favorite way Joey ever said it was most six foot six wrestlers don't even leave their feet anymore, brother. You know, like in the way that Hulk Hogan in WCW, he's he he's over six feet six and he doesn't even draw he doesn't even take bumps, you know, like or throw a drop kick, let alone do crazy stuff like Mike Awesome's doing. But that's kind of what he says. He says, you know, most most six foot six, six foot seven, six foot eight wrestlers, you know, don't even leave their feet. He's like, we're not going to name names here is what he says in this one. But whenever Awesome did that or dive to the outside, he'd always put over how awesome they were. And that's what I, one of the things that I loved about ECW is they always, always, always put over the talent. Okay. Make the talent feel like they're the best and the best. And, you know, they're the baddest and the best that the world has to offer. And that's why they're here in your promotion. And that's what, that's what they were always great at. No matter where the, where the match was on the card, where it was, they never put over and said that, you know, they never said just incredible. Oh, he's a crummy wrestler, but he gets by because his friends help him. They never said that. They always said he's credible. He's a, you know, he's, he's a great competitor. You know, he doesn't need this help to win, but he chooses to, because he likes to take the shortcuts. They never go out and say he sucks. He only wins because of his friends. And, that's so easy to say, and some people say it now, but they always put over everybody as a credible competitor because then it puts over the guys they beat. Even if they cheat to beat them, if you put that guy over as a crafty, incredible co- wrestler, it makes the guy who loses still look good. Yeah. No, I, I've always heard the uh, – it might have been in wrestling or somewhere else. I don't remember, but I've always heard the old adage, like if you trash talk your opponent like this, like – you know, he's old or he's weak or this, that, or the other. Like, if you win, you just beat up an old, weak man. If you lose, you just lost to an old, weak man. So, I mean, I don't understand the commentary of, like, oh, this guy can't wrestle, blah, blah, blah. So, like, at the end of the day, if the guy that beat him beats him, oh, cool, he beat somebody that can't do it. But then if he loses, well, then he just lost to somebody that's not even a good wrestler. So why should we even be invested? That's... That's one of the things that I love about ECW commentary is, like you said, they're constantly putting over the talent. And that's, I feel like that's, even back in those days, it was a lost art because. Well, you always had, WWF has loved the heel commentator. Yeah. And their heel commentators bury talent like nobody's business. Well, you've got WCW on the one hand having a great match between like Mysterio and Guerrero 
But all they're talking and they're not about talking is about it. later in the show, Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan are going to team up. Come out and face, talk or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then like in WWF. What's going on with the NWO? A, exactly. Then in WWF, you have a good match going on. And all you have is puppies. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Brian Christopher. And it's just like, okay. And then you've got Joey Styles over here. Like, oh, Mike Awesome, you know. We may not like him, but my God, is he not like the biggest force in wrestling? You know, like it's just great that somebody actually puts over talent and it's a lost art. It really is. Um, these matches are always brutal. Uh, Tanaka. I think we got hacked. Uh, we got somebody called and then left. Sorry about that, fella. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, yeah, so these matches are always intense. Tanaka and Awesome have put on brawl after brawl after brawl after brawl, and I don't know how half the time they walk out of the ring afterwards. Um, this was another fantastic match. Um I really don't understand how Tanaka, I mean, not Tanaka, um, Mike Awesome moved the way he did in the ring for somebody that was 6'6 and like 280. He literally moved like a cruiserweight. Yeah. He did. I mean, you could see him. He jumped up to that top rope without putting his hands on the rope. And there was, and it was like, oh, that's as far as I have to jump. I could have jumped two feet high. And he like Like, hung up there for that second before diving outwards. Exactly. Like he hopped up and he caught his balance and, and then wrote it and went, okay, now I'm jumping. And, and yeah, like it's just so crazy to me that he moved as fluidly as he did. Um, but, yeah, great match, great match. Well, you know, I mean, by, by, by all means, I, I definitely think this, this is a guy who, uh, man, he, he was – for everything that he could do, you know, he was he could say ahead of his time because uh, now you see all these, uh, you know, you see guys. Uh, Every big man wants stuff, to right? wrestle like a cruiserweight. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he. Every cruiserweight wants to wrestle like a big man, and every big man wants to wrestle like a cruiserweight. Right. And, you know, you, you see, you know, he goes to WCW eventually and, of course, becomes the. Uh, the, the fat chick thriller, uh, the seventies guy, 70s and the fat chick thriller, and all that. Yeah. Like and he just he basically WCW bought him because he's the ECW was using him too well, and they well, wanted to buy him think, so WWF couldn't buy him, and they probably had all was, the good intentions of doing. I definitely do think, I, but that, then it just kind of like he just got lost in the shuffle. They, WCW's well, roster was just so large that they didn't well, know also, what they this, what to do with everybody. All well, right. that's true too. It's right around the same time. That's true. If Shortly Russo thereafter, Russo comes had, back like, and wants to get everybody a goofy character. Crazy. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think you know there was something about him that that he never got an opportunity to do in yeah uh, what he could have done in, in WCW. I mean, he started uh, in a good spot because you know he that's did the true. whole. Thing at the beginning uh, with Kevin, and they Nash. had the hair versus hair mash later. Yeah. He did the the whole career killer thing because yeah, uh, he almost killed Canyon. Um, yeah, but yeah, I forgot about all that. This time, man, man Mike Awesome, I never seen somebody like him. I mean, 
The only other big guy who I could see be somewhat agile uh, in a different way was uh, Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. But well, Bam yeah, Bam, he, yet again, was yeah. not not like awesome. You know, he was not yeah. able to just leap to the top rope, you know, but Bam Bam was exceptionally agile for a 350 pounder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, sad that he's no longer with us. Um, you know, but yeah, man, tremendous, tremendous. Every time these two guys wrestled each other. Uh, next up, uh, we get a tag team match for the ECW World Tag Team Championships. Uh, thing to highlight here, uh, of course, Robert Dam and Sabu defended championships uh, against FMW's Hayabusha and Jinsei Shinsaki. Shinsaki, of course, being uh, the artist formerly known as Hakushi in WWF. Uh, but this is Hayabusha's uh, biggest uh, major wrestling match in the United States. Uh, I think he had done some. Uh, he had done the indie loop uh, a few years back, and I know yeah, that like that on WWE, excursion, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he because he well he was on excursion in Mexico. That's where he became. Okay. That's where he you did. Know, his... That's how he got Hayabusha. Okay. Where, that's he, where he became Hayabusha. Okay. Yeah, somewhere in his. During the during his excursion, he did do the the Florida loop uh, for okay. like a month or something like that. Uh, gotcha. And WWE was interested in him, but he decided not to do that. But yeah, he eventually he wanted... went back to Japan. Uh, the Hayabusha character and... got huge. Being... Yeah, and, you know, and... he even had that uh, match with Liger uh, in the. Yeah. Well, that was Super part J. of the best of Super Juniors. Yeah, Super yeah. J Cup. So he was, so yeah, he was a lot of great W's thing. poster child. Like, well, in 94 at that point, like Liger wanted him to sign with New Japan. Um, and when Hayabusa signed with FMW, because they said, We're, we'll pretty much build this company around you. And uh, and there was apparently a big rift between Hayabusa and Liger for a lot of years with, because of that. Um, but they eventually hashed that down and, and would work together later on, um, you know, as once Hayabusa had in-ring career had ended and he had moved to promoting shows and stuff. Liger was working with him there um, at that point in his career. But Hayabusa and Shinzaki in FMW were former tag champs there. They had fought against each other. They had fought together. Um, So this was them coming into the United States to take on, you know, essentially with the partnership, it was bringing in Japan's best to face some of the U.S.'s best. Yeah. And, I and so, love this match up and down a hundred times. Yes. I'll watch it over and over again. You, so you look at moves, ha- so many great spots. Hayabusa and Shinzaki are a perfect, almost mirror image of RVD and Sabu. If you melded them into one wrestler and then split them apart again, like you could have a Hayabusa and a Shinzaki. And Hayabusa was such a great mix of both RVD and Sabu and Shinzaki as well. Did a lot of similar things to both of those guys. Um, this match, seeing this match and watching it a bunch of times eventually led me to fall in love with Hayabusa and seek out those FMW DVDs they used to sell at Best Buy. And so he further instilled my love of Japanese wrestling before it would explode again. Um, but, uh, just such great stuff. Everybody hits some amazing moves. Everybody takes some amazing moves. Um, you know, and yet again, even though they're there for the first time, Joey Styles is putting over Shinzaki and Hayabusa. He knows all the names of their p- big moves. He knows their history. 
he he puts them over as credible competitors as opposed to just like oh we just found some random guys to fight him because we don't know anybody you know like right puts them over as huge big na- international names um, my favorite spot in the whole match is where RVD basically flies twisting splash off of the screen like you don't he's the the top rope that he jumps off of is not in camera view so it literally looks like RVD comes out of nowhere twists in the air and splashes. And then like rolls away because he wasn't even the legal man at the time. Sabu then dives in for the cover again, but it was just amazing move after amazing move. All four guys looked outstanding. That table spot at the end where the table virtually explodes still gets me crazy. That was like the tag team finisher of Sabu and RVD, their big tag team finisher. Rolling Thunder was a big move they used in this match as well, and it was broken up by the pin. But that I think Rolling Thunder was kind of their finisher. And then the double table spot was like the big move because they were on pay-per-view. They wanted to make a big statement that, you know, we are the ECW champion tag team champions that we're going to be for the, for a long time. Uh, Longest match of the night going over 20 minutes, but I could watch these guys do it all night, every night uh, till the end of time. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was a phenomenal match. Um, It was probably the best match of the the whole card to me. Um, Van Dam is, amazing in the ring like you can say what you want about his personal character but van damme back in 1998 it's hard pressed to find somebody better than him in the ring um sabu is always gonna do something absolutely insane in every single match and you know shinzaki is really really good uh of course uh, i saw most of his stuff as hakushi but I have seen a little bit of his work outside of that. Um, and then Hayabusa was fun to watch. I forgot that he actually was in ECW for a little while. So it yeah, was it was just this match. That was all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was just this one match. It yeah, was just a one I, appearance. Yeah. Um, but it was a great match. Um, definitely enjoyed it. I, I love like you, I didn't realize it until you said it, but they really do look like mirror they worked like mirror images of each other. And it was crazy to see that now that you've said that. Um, but yeah, I definitely enjoyed the match. Definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. Th- th- this is one of those matches. And, and this was my match of the night. Uh, but this was a match that they really, you could see the combination of ECW's wild, crazy, anything goes style. Uh, also with the nice uh, uh, finesse of wrestlers like uh, Hayabusa and uh, Shizaki, because because it, it was just like the timing was all great, everything with precision, and yeah, the stereo leg drops at the end onto the tables uh, are great. I think uh, Robin Dam and Cebu were definitely a one of those mixed match tag teams that really worked so well. Uh, you know, you had the great wrestler in Rob Van Dam. Uh, and, of course, you know, you, you get the genocidal, suicidal Sabu doing whatever. And then uh, Bill Alfonso uh, in, right there in the middle uh, with them putting it all together. And then, of course, you get these international stars um, uh, you know, and with Hayabusa, like three plus years already, uh, doing everything he did in, in Japan, 
uh, you know, in, in FMW, just yeah, come in here, big deal, because we'll, we'll never see him again in the United States. And, uh, of course, you know, we know how his career ended uh, in 2001, unfortunately. But here he came, and it was a wild crowd, and they, they loved it. They love these guys at the end of the match. Um, yeah, everything that this relationship between FMW and ECW was, uh, to me, like, it paid off big time. Uh, the fact that he that, that, that Heyman was able to get Hayabusa to come to the United States uh, and do this. Uh, it was huge. And, uh, yeah, fantastic match in my, my opinion. Now, I, I kind of think, like, as a – as a fan growing up, I almost like the show kind of capped at this point for me. And I remember like thinking the Taz and Bigelow match was after you'd watched it once or twice, it didn't have as much replayability. Same with the, uh, the main event straight fight. Like I felt that they didn't have as much replayability. Um, but it was just, you know, I mean, they're there. So this match was like the, in my eyes as a kid was like the main event. And then I would often turn the tape off after this. Um, so this was, a, you know, even if, if you took off the top two matches, this is an awesome card at, as, yeah. as, you know, but you add then the top two matches that had the real story that had the real feud and the heat between them. Um, it makes for a different thing altogether. Yeah. Well, that, that's where we go back crazy with, you know, the bad crazy ECW, right? So, yeah, after this match, okay, you know, you get the finesse, you get the wrestling, you get most of everything you, you know, and then, okay, now you get you get the fans everything they wanted. Now you get the top stars to come out and do their thing and uh, just the chaos that we know ECW TV. Um, so, next up for the FTW Championship. A false count anywhere ECW death match. Uh, of course, uh, we know that at this point, uh, the franchise had been ducking tasks, of course. Uh, did not want to give a title match. He was injured, came up with all these excuses. So Tass comes out with his own uh, FTW championship. Um, and he's going to defend it here. It was, fuck, and, it was the fuck the world heavyweight championship. Right. And here he's going to defend that championship against uh, Bam Bam Bigelow because in order to get to Shane, you got to go through his henchmen first, and you got to get through uh, Bam Bam. Uh, and I, and something that I mentioned before, man, I one of my favorite ECW things was the build of the Douglas Taz rivalry and the chase of Taz for the championship. To me. One of the probably the top three storylines that I really dug in the late '90s, or, you know, in this time. Uh, but you know, to this day, that payoff, that match, was still still to this day underwhelming for me. Um, well, yeah, I, I feel I feel like yeah, it's so it could have been so much better. But man, you don't you don't get to see builds like that these days, right? Uh, and, and I wish that I missed those kind of bills. Like, you know, takes a few t- a few months before you can get a title shot. Uh, now, yeah, well. of course, but by, by the time, you know, by 
the five month, three, four month mark, they've already had, you know, in, in current storylines, they've already had like 10 matches. Yeah, they've already fought a bunch of times. Yeah. But yeah, here we get Taz and, um, and of course, Taz uh, suplexes Bam Bam Bigelow everywhere through tables. Um, yeah, you know, and at the end, of course, uh, Taz uh, and Bam Bam go through the uh, the runway thing. They 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 go through it, and the crowd goes bananas. Uh, this is a uh, a holy crap moment. Uh, that even to this day, I'm like, you know, I'm like, man, this is a highlight for me. And of course, they come out and. Uh, and then go on to fight Taz, for another five more minutes. Yeah, yeah, T- yeah. Taz and Bam Bam continue on fighting. Uh, they 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 still live. Of course, the Undertaker did not come out from the hall, uh, or no. the uh, or Kane. Kane didn't exist at this point. I think I think we still had. Well, it was 1998, so yeah, we we were about to get Kane. Uh, yeah. But uh, of course, the the match ends when uh, Taz hits the Kata Hajimi. Uh, on uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, he quickly uh, taps out uh, yeah. and still your FPW champion. So Taz was the guy who helped popularize tapping out in professional wrestling. Um, because guys, you see them tap all the time in older wrestling, and it's not considered a submission. They would always wait for a verbal submission, or if you were in like a sleeper hold, they would do the arm drop. But because this move was so snap quick, and it was, and MMA was gaining popularity. This was 1998, so you had the UFC been around for a few years, you know, where guys would 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 tap out to a to a submission in the UFC versus doing a verbal submission. He brought that because Taz has like a judo background, as you see in a lot of the ma- the moves he does, judo throws and stuff, as well as his suplexes. Um, so because guys are getting choked by this move, it is, uh, you know, a, a choke across their windpipe. They can't verbally submit, so they had to tap out to indicate that they were submitting. And it was beca- and then that from him and this, then other places started saying the tapping was allowed and tapping counted, and that's m- brought the tap out. But the biggest thing that I took from this match is I forgot how good of a wrestler Taz actually was. Now, when during the time, I loved him. I was crazy about him. Beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. Like. All of his stuff, but he was like five foot seven. Okay, he was just this little guy, and that's why he failed in WWF. And then he ended up having to have his neck surgery, and he was a terrible commentator. And we won't talk about that anymore. But Taz was such a good wrestler, and yet again, he was built as such a badass killer. Like as soon as he hit that, as soon as he got that Taz mission in, in a matter of seconds, Bam Bam was tapping out. Okay, and Bam Bam's a big dude who's got a long history of being a badass. I mean, the guy's got flames tattooed on his skull. Okay. He's he's a badass. He's not a guy that you're just going to push over easily. But once Taz was able to throw him around a bunch of times and eventually put in the submission, Bam Bam tapped out very quickly. Um, Taz was always pushed as such a just a, a monster killer. It didn't matter what his size was because he was going to mow you down. He was going to hurt you. And you always believed that, that he was going to hurt somebody. He would hurt him with clotheslines. He would hurt him with suplexes, and he would choke him out. If they didn't tap out, they were going to sleep. Um, and it was just amazing. Like I had just forgotten how good of a wrestler he was and how good of a job they did of pushing him as this unbelievable badass. 
Um, you know, you get the, the big before this match, you get the big video package showing their whole feud and why they're fighting expertly done, filled me in on all the story because I was still kind of, you know, at this time I was watching the, this is my first pay-per-view. So I hadn't seen necessarily all the other moments because I'd just been watching and catching ECW sporadically. Um, I hadn't been, you know, it was hard to nail it down every single week. And, and since it was syndicated, you didn't always get things in chronological order you might get things several weeks later than say another market would or, or what have you there wasn't a, a wasn't always a rhyme and a reason to what episode of ecw you got when you were watching on the syndicated um in the middle of the night now so this match yet again we knew we all know how great bam bam is you know his his record in wef and and, and wcw again goes on to stand for how great he is but I, like I said, I forgot how good Taz was, and that was my biggest takeaway from this match. Is I just how good of a wrestler Taz was, and how crazy the crowd was for this match. You know, they went all over the arena, and the crowd loved every single minute of it. You know, it's sometimes matches like that aren't the greatest to watch on TV, but when you're live, thinking about it, like being there live with these guys brawling all over the place, trying to stand up on your chair to follow where they're where they are, what they're doing. They come over by you. Holy crap! Oh man, you got to move out of the way so you don't get you know beer slung on you, or the wrestlers don't get slung into you. Like beautiful moments of wrestling, and that's kind of what it brought back to me in that sense. Was was this pay per view a lot of nostalgia of just that, and then of course the the one ECW show that I did go to. You know, and how how great and fun of an experience that was, even though the card was nothing to write home about at all, but it was the experience of, of ECW. And I think that was a big thing they created too. It's not just the matches and the characters, but the the show itself as an event was something you couldn't miss, was something you had to watch, something you had to attend because it was like nothing else out there. Yeah. And, and one more thing before I get Eric's take here. Taz, you know, to, to your point, and he was really built as this larger-than-life character, uh, you know, and he brought it every single time. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, it, it, I think they, they, they started in that in that way with him in uh, WWE, but, I, you know, maybe... He was just, just unfortunately, just too small was the problem. In WWE, yeah, he just that, and I think they tried, I think, but then yeah, he ended up I, getting hurt and stuff, and they they had yeah, and I think that was more more the thing, like yeah, once he got hurt and then they realized, hey, he's they liked him on the mic, um, yeah. Then they well, he they had figured, he's hey, a former tag team champion. He and Spike Dudley, but they were like the underdogs because they were small guys who just took a beating and could dish it out, you know. But that was their their gimmick, so. And they like Taz, but also it was one of those things that was a power play. He's your biggest guy. We're going to throw a bunch of money at you to take him away from you. Right. They so, kept throwing uh, money and numbers at him until he couldn't say no. How how did six-year-old Eric like being able to see a wrestler his own height uh, in, uh, in, in a wrestling pay-per-view? I really like uh, this match. I was never really a big Bigelow fan. Um like in general, I've watched a lot of his stuff, WWF, WCW. Just never really cared too much for Bigelow, but this match with um, with Taz kind of sold me on him. Honestly, maybe just they weren't using him properly in other companies. Um, Taz is an absolute monster. Why he was never like 
I, I guess, like you said, because he was so perceived as not big. Um, he was just undersized once you get yeah. onto WWE. You had guys like Nathan Jones and you had, you know, The Undertaker and Kane. And, like, he just looks dwarfed in comparison when their average wrestler is 6'5". Yeah. And it's a shame because Taz could go in the ring. Like, he – that Katahajime, like, once he locked that in, like, you knew that was the end of the match. Almost – It was almost, nearly immediately, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, almost 100% of the time, they immediately tapped out. And, like – he was a stone cold killer in the ring. And yeah, like he, he's one of those, like, you know, you've got a million wrestling catchphrases, like you smell what the rock is cooking, blah, 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 blah. But like his catchphrase, I almost believe like, uh, when, if you can survive, if I let you. And like, I, I legitimately believe that. Cause I feel like if he wanted to snap your neck, he literally could. Um, if he wanted to, if he wanted to break your arm, he'd break your arm. You know, exactly. like that's the kind of badass that they pushed him as, and, and he carried himself as. He played that character too, and it was just magic happens when those things all come together like that. So it's really, I know there's a lot of like ECW, why ECW went under, but I feel like if they could have found a way to keep Taz and keep the Dudley Boys in 2000, I, I don't know if ECW would have necessarily went out of business as quick as they did um especially if they were pushing taz as the main star because that man i feel like he came up in just a few years too early because in today's wrestling society he would he would definitely be killing it right now yeah yeah well and that's because of you know sean and ultimate and then you know later guys like punk and brian who would kind of break down that you got to be six foot four to be a believable top guy. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it kind of sucks when you go back and look at these people and know how good they are and then realize and, see, and oh, think man, about where was, they went. Yeah. Yeah. And then realize that they were like two or three years too soon for their own good. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a shame. Like Taz could have made so much money. <laughs> He did. Without having to take any bumps, he made a butt ton of money. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, not necessarily saying he didn't make any money, like, but but there just, was money still else, making in money. other ways. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, there I, was... I think I think you I think what you're talking about is he could have had a much different career trajectory. Yeah, where, yeah, instead yeah. Of, because yeah. The, the money still would have been there. I mean, he you could possibly say that he made a lot more money because like. He became a household name in the WWE, and that has given him a lot of different opportunities. Uh, you know, I mean, he's even have a he even has a radio show for uh, you know CBS syndication. Uh, so I mean, that's huge. But so, but the thing is that with with Taz, and, and you kind of think about this, right? Had Taz stayed through 2000, 2001, when, uh, whenever it was that uh, WCW fold, uh, ECW folded. And let's say he had not gone to, w, to WWE uh, because maybe WWE at that time they said, oh, you're too small, whatever. And he had just gone off and taken a year off. And then, he, you know, just what else, right? He would have been one of the people who first first names when uh, 
I'm, I'm, if I, you know, when I'm creating this little promotion called Ring of Honor and I'm putting together a list of wrestlers, Taz is at the at the top of my list. Oh, guys, I have on it, I, and I think that's definitely the trajectory where he would have been in had he not taken a different path. So he would have had a much different career. I still think he eventually would have left the WWE, uh, possibly, uh, but. Uh, you know, we he he made the choices he made. That you know, Paul Heyman couldn't pay his guys, and that was unfortunately uh, some something that that will you know was part of his downfall. Uh, but yeah, who knows what would have happened had he been able to sustain this and keep all these names? Uh, could have ECW held a little bit longer, possibly, but who knows? I mean. WWE was taking over the world at that time, and uh, all wrestling promotions beware because they were going down one way or another. And a lot of the, uh, and unless WWE supported them back then, the, the, the wrestling promotions did go under. And it wasn't until uh, 2001, 2002 when, you know, TNA and Ring of Honor started coming out and re. They sort of like revived the indie scene, but yes, uh, man, Taz in ECW uh, probably one of the best stories we've ever seen. And that brings us to our main event of the evening: uh, six-man tag team match, a Dudleyville Street fight. Uh, of course, we know the story. We know that those darn Dudleys try to kill uh, Beulah uh, doing the 3D uh, finishing move on her, uh, breaking her neck or almost breaking her neck, uh, but taking her out of action, uh, never to be seen again. Uh, I don't even think she does conventions, but I could be wrong. Uh, and so here we go. We get, uh, we get Bo Dudley. Uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, we get Devon Dudley, and we get uh, Big Dick Dudley against Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman, and Spike Dudley, who uh, was no longer part of the family. Uh, and, well, you wanted chaos? You wanted ECW to the, to the hardcore? Uh, man, this is an ECW match as much as any ECW match could be. And you wanted a wild, crazy fight. You got one. You had Sign Guy Dudley also there. You had Jeff Jones, and you had uh, Joel Gurner looking only as good as he can say he looked. Um, yeah, and the, the the you got the good Dudley's promo beforehand. The Joel Gertner mm-hmm. promo, you know, saying all of his nasty things. He was the sleaze god of just making rude and crude comments and making them humorous. Uh, and they I came out with the blow up doll. With Jeff Jones came with the blow up doll. Uh, with Beulah's face on it and stuff. You know, like they were gonna beat her up and pass her around. Like it was just chaos of the Dudleys. Just that was what they did. They came out with no music. They just ran everybody down. Started calling people in the crowd to come fight them and all this before the. So that no matter who came out next, you wanted to see the Dudleys get their butts whooped. Very old school mm-hmm. style, but they did it in new school way. Yeah, and of course, you, you couldn't have the Dudleys of, uh, 
you know, there with that quintessential step muffin. Uh, yes. Man, to this day, uh, Joel Gardner gets gets uh, gives me some good laughs and giggles. But, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Dudley's man in in, in this in the late nineties here in in Isidali, uh fantastic uh, and. We we had one crazy match uh, that basically they I mean this table that was right by uh, by ringside had been broken like every other match I think uh, yeah and of course uh, the last person to go through it was Spike Dudley but uh, tables ladders chairs stop signs uh, you know eventually you would see a lot more stuff brought. Brought by uh, New Jack, uh, but uh, Dreamer hitting the uh, his finisher on, uh, on on the ladder against uh, the DDT the on that... Bub- hitting it on Bubba because that was Bubba. the big thing. It was to hit it on Bubba. Bubba was the one who had had caught the the 3D that broke Beulah's neck. So Bubba was like the main one he wanted to hurt. Um, you know, so Tommy and... Dreamer hitting the DDT on the ladder. On Bubba ends the match. Jack Victory coming out afterwards and helping the Dullies uh, beat down. Um, the fight can, would continue, yeah. yeah after now, I did, now, before the match was over, I did enjoy when they did the whole, uh, those drop kicks to the corners so and they get the referee to do it with them. Yeah, the referee did uh, one to, to, yeah, to Jeff Jones, too. The referee yeah, so turned funny. his back on him. Yeah. But so post match, when you see that, you know, you think that the the good guys are done and out. Out comes New Jack. Well, so and New Jack and Jack Victory gifts. were supposed to have a match. We're supposed to have a match on the show. It's supposed to be a weapons match. And uh, and so they showed the footage earlier in the night of Jack Victory and the Dudley boys beating up New Jack and blooding him to where he wasn't cleared to wrestle. And so that's why that match was scrapped, but it became a part of the end of this match. As you mentioned, yeah. Jack Victory coming out and then, you know, not the recognizable music as I want to talk about that in just a minute, but um, <laughs> new Jack coming out with all of his weapons. And mm-hmm. uh, once again, the good guys to, stand tall. Yeah. Ready to uh, sing us a tune uh, with his yeah. guitar. And, yeah. Uh, the tune that uh, J- Jack victory will never forget. There you go. But yeah, fun, crazy match. Crazy, wild, like you said, everything. When when you think of ECW, there's two types of ECW. There's the technical wrestling side, like you had in essentially the first half of the show, and you know matches that would eventually feature, you know, uh, or also in different times of ECW. You know, you had Eddie Graham, Dean Malenko, technical classics. You had Rey Mysterio and Psychosis in their, uh, you know, Lucha Death matches and these kind of things. Um, Extreme lucha matches, I think, is what they called them, but they were just basically yeah. any you know false kind anywhere matches. Um, and then you have these kind of matches. You have the hardcore. You have the barbed wire. You have the tables, the ladders, the you know anything that's not nailed down being used as a weapon. That's the two halves of ECW um, giving something for everybody. This match was insane. It was crazy. Um, you know, yet again, it was a big story that had been building for several months. You know, they would finally get their hands on on the Dudleys in their type of match so they could get revenge for all the beatings and especially them breaking Beulah's neck and then mocking it over and over and over again. Um, 
you know, the good guys stood tall at the end of the night and, you know, the crowd goes really tall, really tall, really tall, standing up on the ladders. Yeah. Yeah. to, To pose up on the ladders before the end of the night. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a really crazy match. I definitely enjoyed the, uh, everything when you when you mentioned ecw this is kind of the the match that i think of um going balls to the walls with all of the like spots and the weapons and everything um this is this is the wcw or not not wcw ecw match um that i kind of think about um going back to the pre-match um I wrote down two of Joel Gertner's uh, things that popped the hell out of me that I had to text about. Um, When he announced himself as Joel, I always leave him sore, but they keep coming back for more, Gertner. And it it killed me. I was laughing. And then it wasn't 10 seconds later when he was talking about uh, pile-driving Beulah. She didn't know whether to urinate defecate or ejaculate and it, i literally like fell off of my couch laughing that so is hard i know that. i heard that and was like <laughs> oh good i Lord. was like at a boy when she broke burger. like he's like he dropped her so hard you know she landed on her neck so hard or whatever she didn't know she whether, didn't know to, know whether to which yeah. <laughs> defecate but, or ejaculate oh like, my oh, god Lord. and like like we were talking about earlier that would never ever 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 be able to be said Nowadays. No, no, no. Um, but it was Joel Kirtner is an underrated treasure, and I love him so much. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, like it, typical hardcore match. I loved it, um, and, and I love like even even the lead up into this match where they were doing the promos where you got to hear Bubba Ray talk like this. Yeah, knowing Dudley, knowing good and well that he's from New York. New York. Like, now that we do know, when you know you hear him talk, and he talks more like this kind of guy, you know, hey, he talks more like a, a a mafia guy than he does any kind of bad southerner. Yeah, and then like, uh, what was it? He was like, "Your soul can belong to Jesus." But your ass belongs to the Dudley Boys. And I was like, oh my God, that is a line. I love it. That's, yeah, um, they said a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I know that was Dudley's, one of their like catchphrases, but yeah. Uh, the, yeah Dudley's so in the, the, the Dudley's, especially after they grew out of like the whole like little goose stuttering. But when, very yeah. Early on, yeah. When they oh stopped fighting goodness. each other for starters, too, because that was a thing they did. They would, they would team yeah. together and they'd fight each other in a tag in like a, Brutal bloody match, and then they team together and they beat each other up again in a brutal bloody match. Uh, I need, I need a, uh, and this probably will never make the network, but I need like a compilation of just nothing but like Dudley promos from like nine ninety seven to ninety nine. Yeah, uh, uh, probably half yeah. of those are probably not available on the network just because yeah. of the profanity None and stuff can, they said, including the one that uh, almost caused a riot. And what was that? Was that? I don't I, know. I thought that was Heat Wave '99, maybe. Because I thought when when we had originally talked about this, and you had mentioned um, Heat Wave '98, I was like, "Is this the one? Is this where they like almost start a riot?" And I was like, 
I was looking forward to it, but it wasn't, um, sadly. Yeah. But, you know. The it match was itself was to... a near riot, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, it ended the way it should have ended. We got good old uh, New Jack. Baby Faces standing on top. New Jack Baby comes up to hell. Standing on top. Tommy New Dreamer, Sandman, Spike, yeah. New Jack, yeah. all there together <laughs> at the end. It's the, uh, it's, it's the uh, what do you call it? The, the Vince McMahon formula. Yeah. The Baby Faces must pose. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know you get um, Sandman. Nobody go, goes crazy like Sandman. I mean, Sandman's bleeding before the bell even rings every single. Yeah, because he busts himself, up, cuts himself love up him. from a beer can. I love it because he's got scar it. tissue, so it doesn't have to do much to get him bloody. Look, we um, saw him all... make an entrance in 2018, and like, and it still so, popped the crowd like nobody's business. It still business. popped the hell it out popped of the, us. It popped the wrestler. It popped most of the wrestlers. They were all there watching, right. going, "Yes." Um, but I want to give a quick moment because, uh, the music changes. Okay. They had to change the music and I get their reasoning, but so much of what made ECW ECW involved the music. Yeah. So many of the guys entrances, Chris Candido coming out to back in black, um, Lance storm coming out to, uh, the El Phantasmo, you know, the, the Rob, the white zombie mix and, uh, you know, RVD coming out to respect walk, you know, and Taz's music, and Tommy Dreamers and the Sandman's music, you know, all these musics are instrumental in what bringing that together. Part of what of the whole um, of Heyman's whole thing was take take the things that you know w, WCW and WWF weren't using, and so there's a lot of disgruntled youth, you know, listening to to grunge and metal and hip hop and and you know these kind of things, and we're gonna we're gonna infuse those in there. Basically, they tried to make MTV into wrestling versus rock and wrestling where it was like silly and happy and fun. What MTV was in the nineties where it was, where it was grunge and it was metal and it was hip hop and it was just dark and there was social change. And they were talking about, you know, all these kind of dark things that they weren't doing in the eighties. Cause the eighties was all about fun and having a good time. And the nineties was people coming to terms with, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be pissed off. Like there's a reason to be pissed off, you know, like that's what this music was. And when you watch these video packages showing that, they did that. They put music into it and they cut promos into it. And and that's so much of what made ECW awesome too, was it felt this renegade rebel thing. And that's what this kind of music encapsulated for a lot of young people. Um, so I feel that by taking out this music of this show, you lose part of that. And granted, it's not a huge part because they still, you know, they put music over it that was similar-ish, but some of them weren't even the same tempo. Like uh, Rob Van Dam's wasn't even the same tempo as Walk. And they had, you know, like, um, and Tommy Dreamers and Sandman's was such like a bad rip of trying to be made in the box. It was so bad. I hate, you know, made me go and cringe and long for the glory days of, of Alice and Chains booming over that speakers or inner Sandman booming over the speakers, you know? Um, but that was just something I, that just made, made my heart kind of sink a little bit because of this, uh, of just the way that things have to be because they didn't want to get all the music licensing rights for all these different things for stuff that people are going to watch anyways. They didn't want to pay extra money for, but it just, I so feel like that said, kind of misses something because of that. Yeah. So with that said, what grade do you guys give the show? I give this show like a B plus and it's because those last couple matches, although they were fun, it felt like it was almost like a falling off to me because there was a very divisive line between all your technical matches, and then your last two chaotic matches. Um, so I give it a, I give it a good B plus, borderline A minus. So like, 
89, 90 kind of is what I'm giving it. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I think it was a very good um, show. I think I would definitely give it a very, very high B+. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. And honestly, I was not sure I was going to going into it. But um, I watched it today and just it was fantastic. I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, I, I give it an A minus. Uh, definitely, the quality of every single thing wasn't there, but man, it was easy. That it was just supposed to be a whole big mesh party, and I think, we, uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure how I was gonna like this going going in, even though it was my idea. But man, it, it rocked. It was great, and I loved it. Can't wait to see what we talk about next week. But that is all the time we have tonight. And we will be back uh, live next uh, week on Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so check us out. Subscribe on uh, Podbean, iTunes, TuneIn, Google uh, Play, Stitcher. Uh, and make sure you uh, follow us on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Uh, Danny is on Twitter at uh, Danny F and Danger. Eric's on Twitter at at EJ423X. Mika Villas, who's not here, but should be back sooner than later, uh, is on Twitter at Mika Villas. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. And until next time, keep watching wrestling.